is this fucking what are we doing over here? I have something to say. Oh. Well, that's not very interesting. Noah Beaver. Hello, testing. Check one, two, three, four. Caleb Stevenson. Yes. Because this virus essentially was invented. Abs and a six pack. Yeah, maybe Michelle Obama like might be a man. I don't know. Uh, smoking weed, drinking vodka. Would a bad set of boobs on a nice girl be fine, or would a bad set of butt on a nice girl be fine? I will flat out shoot you in the fucking face. It's Abs in a Six Pack, broadcasting live from East Tennessee. We're joined by Homeboy, the legendary Homeboy. Doing good, man. Yeah. Okay, you before we before we started, you said you were drinking on something. You yeah, tell? I, I've got yeah, I've got some. Um, some of uh, Kirkland Signature's finest uh, blended Scotch whiskey. Ooh, wow! Kirkland Signature, damn, yeah, high well, class shit it, there. I, 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 well, I well, I tell you what, it's I, I, it's it, it's the best thirty dollar bottle of hooch that you can probably get your hands on. That's uh, great. And, that's wi- and by the way, that's with Washington State's regressive liquor taxes. Nice. Well, I don't spend more than two dollars and ninety six cents on a bottle <laughs> of wine, so you know, I'm right there with you. I just spent forty bucks on Reka vodka. It's made from, with glacier water in Iceland and filtered through lava rocks, and I got good and drunk off that last night during the debate. And it's really it's quality stuff. It's very good. Well, wow. I, I think I think if you're playing any of the drinking games for the for the debate, uh, assuming you watched it, um, yeah, I think you probably uh, yeah you might need a liver transplant today. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, there was there was a lot of here's the deal. I I, uh, I wanted to print out the Dvorak's bingo no agenda debate bingo cards, but I didn't end up doing that. But yeah, I saw people yeah. on no agenda social had them about filled out halfway through the debate. Yeah, I saw quite well, a I, few of them. Yeah, I think I think there is. Um, yeah, the, if, if you're gonna watch the debate, at least you know have have a, you know, make a game out of it. Um, you know, my my thought process on the debate was wasn't going to change who I was going to vote for or not, right? It's it's all it's uh, it's I figured I figured the commentary on No Agenda Social would be far more entertaining than anything that I would be able to watch from the debate itself. Um, and uh, now I also compared it with what people were saying on Twitter. Now, if you ever need to know um, if there's if if there really is a dimension A versus a dimension B, yeah, uh, just read the, the two of those <laughs> things during one of these debates. And yeah, you know, all I could all I could see on the you know all I could see on Twitter was people were just basically saying you know Trump was rude and you know and whatever and and they they were all happy with the the you know shut up man comment right that, that Biden made. It's like a, yeah they 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 don't want to hear from Trump, but. Um, you know, I I think from what I could tell, it looks like Trump was debating two against one, and he won. <laughs> yeah, basically, I did see people like Scott Adams and some other people were disappointed in Trump's performance, but I mean, I I think uh, he came out on top. Yeah, I think, but again, I don't think I don't think anybody is going to change their opinion over the debate. I mean, I think the one the one yeah. consistent opinion I saw was this thing's a shit show. And honestly, <laughs> I, 
Yeah, that's why I didn't watch it. Because, which yeah. you know, it's, that's my opinion of most television shows. Is you know, and, and, right. and let's face it, this is a television show. Um, yeah, exactly. it's, it's a shit show, and there's no reason to uh, you know, you know, I, I didn't see any benefit in you know watching it other mm-hmm. than okay, I would have gotten some interesting source material, and I and and I know you guys took some clips, um, so it'd be kind of interesting. Maybe you know, if you've got any interesting clips, that might be good to hear to hear. Yeah, I got to, comment right. on it, but it's right. One of one of the. Uh... You talked. You said just real quick about um, what? How did you describe how you feel about most TV shows? Oh, they're a shit show. <laughs> yeah, shit show. Okay, yeah. So the the um, best shit show of all time premieres season premiere tonight, the South Park pandemic special. <laughs> Always got to bring it back to South Park. Yep. Oh, uh, of so. course. <laughs> is that? I'm surprised that show has been on as long as it has, and it hasn't been canceled because, pretty much that that show, you know, from the get go has has set out, set out to offend everybody, mm-hmm. but, you know, equ- you know, equally. It's like, and, a, and honestly, a year or two I, ago I, they, uh, a year or two ago they had, um, as an as a marketing campaign for their new season when they introduced like PC principal, they yeah. ha- they got the hashtag trending cancel South Park on Twitter. But it was like started by, and people were picking up on it, thinking like, "Yeah, this show shouldn't even still be on. It's bigoted." But it was like started by the South Park guys, the hashtag cancel South Park, <laughs> and they had it <laughs> at the end of every episode that season. Right. Well, that's hilarious. But and and and, and you know, the, and what I it, it's funny because I always I always joke that that or maybe maybe it's not really a joke is that you have to try really hard to offend me because I'm just you know it when I when I do get offended I kind of view it as a novel thing it's like oh I think I'm actually offended by that and because right. it so rarely happens right because I'm because I don't know I mean I you know I kind of let people do their thing and it you know I, it's like I don't agree with you but um you know I'm not a, I, I, I it's like, what good is it me to be offended by that, right? It's just there's no there's nothing to be gained by it. So I just it's, yeah. It, when I, when it does happen occasionally, I'm like, oh, I, I guess I guess that's what it feels like to be offended. I okay. <laughs> we we just right. had uh, G time. Yeah, we just had G time Johnny back on, and he's very out there. Uh, dude, a dude in California with a big, long hair and a beard, and he lives in the woods, makes YouTube videos. He's very out there guy, I'll say. So I asked him, I was like, don't take this the wrong way, but have you ever done LSD? And he's, he said, so he was like, listen, asshole, shut the fuck up. I can't offend you. You can't offend me. And if you offend me, then there's something wrong with me. And I was like, eh, that's pretty good advice. Yeah. Yeah. The, the problem with it. Yeah. The problem with offense is almost always the offended, not the offender. Right. Well, uh, I did pull. One, I, I'm, I'm going to pull more later on, but this one is a good summary of how the whole debate pretty much went. You, the American people, it's about you. That's what we're talking about. Here. All right, that's the, end of the, here. that's the end of the Shouldn't segment. We're, mo- we're moving on. It didn't take them. Well, Vice President, Chris, no. Can I be honest? It's a very important try question. Try to be honest. No, I, he I, stood up. No, stood I, I, the answer to the question is no. Ukraine, no, I, sir. With a billion dollars, if you that don't get rid is of absolutely you know what? You're, not true. You're doing it. You're going to have true, gentlemen. I hate to raise my voice, but it seems to me, why shouldn't I be different than the two of you? So here's the deal. Good point. We have... (laughs) Here's the deal. (laughs) Six segments. We have ended that segment. We're going to go to the next segment. In that segment, you each are going to have two uninterrupted moments. In those two interrupted minutes, Mr. President, you can say anything you want. I'm going to ask a question about race, but if you want to answer about something else, go ahead. But I think that the country would be better served 
if we allowed both people to speak with fewer interruptions. I, I'm appealing to you, sir, to do that. Well, <laughs> yeah, so that was a uh, spoiler alert. That didn't happen. They just kept just kept yelling over each other. <laughs> well, exactly. And, and, and from, yeah, and, and from what it sounded like is that, you know, that Trump got challenged on on things that uh, that Biden did not get challenged on by the moderator. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so if you, if you want a, you know, a fair and balanced debate, it's, you're not, well, yeah, you're not going to get it from the mainstream media, even if the guy's on, you know, was it a Fox News that was doing it? Yeah, Chris like, well, Wallace we of Fox News, but he's, he's like asking questions about Trump being a climate change denier and stuff. So. <laughs> Right. Well, it's like a Shepard Smith, basically. Well, well, yeah. I mean, it, it, we know Fox News is run by Democrats. It's been it's it, it's been pretty obvious for a long time. And so, I, yep. so I have a so I have an election night story from 2016. Speaking of speaking of Fox News, and so I'm, um, so I was with customers, and and uh, you know we're, I was having we were having dinner with customers, and 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 you know the debate. It, and we were in California, so the you know so at that point, you know, I don't by. By that point, I don't think the election had been fully decided yet. But you know, the, the, you know, so we're, it was it was obviously a topic of discussion at dinner. Um, and so I get back to the hotel, and I'm and I'm turning on the TV because and I, and I don't and, and rarely do I turn on the television, right? But I'm like, okay, it's election night. Let's I, I, I I'll flip around because I you know I've, I've been trained by years of no agenda and 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 you know knowing and and just paying attention to the you know to things. And then at a certain point in the evening, there's a there's a realization that. You know, and even on Fox News, that Trump won, right? I mean, it was yeah. very obvious that there's a certain point in the night where it was clear that Hillary Clinton was not going to pull it out, and <laughs> and and I remember seeing Megyn Kelly on Fox News, uh, her face peeled off. I mean, and it, and it was hilarious, right? I mean, it, it, it was yeah, the funniest thing just watching, just flipping around, you know, looking at all of the all of the 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 news givers, the news readers, the you know the the news droids, whatever you want to call them, um, just watching their face peel off when they're like, "Oh my God, this guy is now it has been elected president." I can't believe mm -hmm. it. I couldn't and, believe it either, but I wasn't by any means upset by it. I like people were crying at work. It, um, I was working at a grocery store at the time and. You're in Murfreesboro, people were literally in tears. Yeah, and, and there's and, and it's like, and, and and by the way, these same people still haven't um, accepted the results of that election, right? And it's been it's been four years of continual just this, you know, not my president, whatever, right? That uh, you know that they they've been you know the 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 you know the entire you know, the Democrat Party has done everything they can to try and obstruct and not be um you know and, and not play ball or whatever and it's and, and you know it's and it's you know and by the way it includes the people you know the, the you know the, the you know just normal people right it's like everybody it's like it doesn't matter what Trump does it's not good enough whatever it is and at a certain point it's like come on guys get over it and yeah and, and I look at it as. Yeah, I didn't vote for him, and but um, but I'm also but I'd also you know what has a much more more of an impact on me is things in my local elections. Maybe my you know maybe my state governor has you know that's a whole nother dis topic of discussion. But right, um, but uh, but that's a but yeah. So the things that that impact my day to day life a whole lot more are things like yeah the, you know like you know my county elections, my city elections, my uh, my state elections. Uh, and you know, and I know as 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 somebody who doesn't who doesn't vote Democrat in a um in in a, in a blue state, um, yeah, my vote doesn't really matter that much, right? It's because you're because you're either you're either voting for, um, 
you're either you're either voting for a Democrat most of the time, or you're voting, you know, especially if it's like this, you know, if it's a if it's a state office, uh, or or the or the you know or a national office, but or or you know you or your vote might as well you might as well just uh you know voted third party or something like that. So, um, and because yeah, the the I don't think the, I think the last time Washington State elected a Republican governor was probably like probably like the '80s or something, you know, or early '80s if that. So, um, you right. know. It's uh yeah well and I'll, actually I'll, I'll actually I'll tell a story about that so we had a so we had a primary for the 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 governor for the you know for the election the upcoming election and so um, because of COVID nineteen they didn't they kind of let go some of the normal sort of uh, you know gating factors to get on the ballot and so they so any basically anybody who applied could was on the ballot they didn't they didn't they waived the signature requirement because at that point you know social you know uh, thou shall be locked down and not go out uh, was was in you know was was in high force and um, and yeah we so nobody was getting you know getting enough signatures to be on the ballot so they just kind of they threw that away we had 36 governors on the ballot and and lord emperor j fucking insley yes that's how i feel about him um in that in that how, can primary, i pause you real quick how many people it. call him that because on billy bones calls him lord emperor j fucking insley is that like a thing in washington state that everybody started calling him well, so I I picked it up from Sir Bemrose, but, oh, okay. uh, he, but he he just calls him Jay Fucking Inslee. But I think, but there's variants that I think I think actually his wife refers to him as God Emperor Jay Fucking Inslee, which, um, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, there's there's different variations on that theme, right? But it's gotcha. uh, yeah. So, but uh, but even in a in a in a in an open primary of 36 candidates, he, he gets 52 percent of the vote. It's like there are 35 other people that are way better qualified than him to get on the to get on the ballot and you voted and you voted for this moron are you kidding me so uh and it's then, almost like name know, recognition the, is all you need that's what i was well, gonna say that, is, is that what it was was true. is he just highly known in washington or something like that i have no idea well yeah well, he's he's the yeah he's the current governor. He's been and by the way, he's served two terms. And you know, if, if I'm I'm a firm believer, in, you know, politicians are like diapers; they should be changed frequently and often for the same reason. In fact, right. Um, mm-hmm. So that's but so he's already been in two terms. So like you know, just on principle, I would vote against him anyway. And based on the way he's handled this uh, this this uh, the, you know this pandemic, yeah, I don't I don't want him in office anymore. I'd I'd, I'd vote for you know. It's like the people that pretty much vote against Trump, no matter what. I'm kind of, I kind of feel the same way about about you know, about Emperor Inslee, right? It's just the same. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like a, anybody could would do a better job, but it's but now the problem that the problem that we have as a as a country really, it's not it's not just a uh, it's not just Washington State. So so it's an open primary, but it's the top two vote getters that that go on to the general election. Well. You know, what's funny, there's only two there's only two parties in the United States or, you know, two major parties in the United States, Republicans and Democrats. And the one thing that they agree on and conspire against is other political parties potentially joining the fray. Um, you know, I've typically voted libertarian when I can. Right. Because I think it's a because um, I think we need to have a third option almost always. Right. And that's going to help. But it's, yeah. you know, why would you have a top two primary system? You know, when if you wanted to have some other ideas in there, maybe having a top, you know, maybe having a top five or a top four and have stacked ranking in there, too, so that, you know, you can um, so that you don't have to have runoff elections and that kind of thing. If something happens, I mean, we've had um, actually that. So one year this is this actually so, you know, mail, you know, uh, you know, mail in voting is a is a big topic this year for obvious reasons. Right. And so we've had it in Washington state for 
well, as long as I can remember living up here anyway, we've, and so I've, I think I've only ever voted in person once. It's, that was in the, that was in the nineties. Um, you're one of the few was, states that had that, right? Yeah. So it's, so it moved. So what happened is that we moved from that most of the, so pretty much every election now is if you want, if you want to vote in, uh, you want to vote in any election, you, you have to do it by mail. And so you register with your, you know, with your counties, uh, you know, the, um, you know, the, the, the county offices or whatever. And then, and then, yeah, you get a ballot sent to your house every, you know, every, every time there's an election, which is multiple times a year, by the way, because there's, you know, because there's always special elections for, you know, this, that, or the other, you know, property tax things or whatever. Um, so it actually saves a lot of money to do it this way. Now that, now it took, um, so you don't have to drop it in the mail. You can take the ballot and drop it into a Dropbox, and they've got, you know, like Pierce County's got them all over the place around here. You can just go, uh, you know, you just go take your ballot and drop it in the box. You, didn't, you don't even have to involve the post office. Um, so pretty much, in, in they did this on the theory that pretty much everybody was voting absentee anyway, and so rather than maintain the, you know, the polling places, it was just, it, it just said, well, fine, we'll do it this way. Now, we did have an election for governor where um, it was, I uh, believe it was Christine Gregoire and Dino Rossi were the, were the, were the candidates at the time. So this was uh, this, so this was uh, probably 12 years ago, I think um, it came down to, so it, it was a very close election and we, and so, and, and if you, and if it's within like 1% or something like that with total votes cast, there was an automatic recount that got triggered. And all of a sudden, you know, they, they figured out, oh, they found all these extra ballots for, you know, for Gregoire, you know, some, you know, one of the, you know, one of the rooms somewhere, I guess, you know, so, and, you know, and she won by like, you know, by like tens of votes or something. It was just, it was, it was, it was a ridiculously close election. So to say that it's not potentially, that there's not potentially fraudulent stuff going on is kind of crazy. Now, how much is it compared to what would happen in person? That's a, you know, that's a different discussion. I, you know, I don't really know, but you know, the, the, the entire system is fraudulent, you know, is, it's potentially, you know, there's, there's potential for fraudulentness. And I'm not saying that everybody in the system is, is, you know, is, is out to try and defraud people or whatever. It's just, it's, it's just that there's, you know, how do you know that my, you know, first of all, how do you know my vote's been received? Right. I don't, I don't really, you know, I don't get a receipt or anything about it and how do i know it's being counted accurately don't don't know any of that it's you know it's, it just kind of goes into the bot you know into this black box system and out pops a uh, pops a result right and it's like well how do i know my you know the result is you know uh you know is what they say it is i i just i i trust them but it's i don't know it's I've hard seen to, already today on twitter i'm seeing more people right. posting pictures like got my vote in ballot in the mail today along with six other ballots for people that used to live here or like got my mail-in ballot today and so I got my dead mom's ballot too. So it's like, it's, uh, I guess the question is, do you think the, the, um, mail-in voting, is there a correlation between that and Jay fucking Inslee keeps getting reelected? Well, I'd say there's a high correlation of, of primarily mail-in voting states and Democrats running things. And you can, you know, uh, certainly that's been the case in California and Oregon and Washington. Right. Um, right. You know, and and I'm trying to remember that the, I'm trying to remember the last Republican that that, that California had. Um, you know, but, Arnold? you know, well, yeah, Ar yeah, the, that Arnold. But I don't know if he's a real Republican. I, that, you know, he's a he's a probably rhino. a rhino more than yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, 
you know, of course, we, of course, we wonder if, uh, you know, we could say the same thing about Trump, right? Is, is, is he really Republican? I, I, I'd say, you know, there's some that say he's, you know, he had to pick a party, right? And, and he clearly wasn't going to pick the Democrat party. Because uh, if you go back through Trump's history, he was he was more closely aligned with the Democrats. Um, mm -hmm. and, and some of his ideas might, you know, might even consider that they were Democrat ideas. But um, yeah, he wasn't going to get in on the Democrat side. So, and, but so, and, you know, people on both sides of the aisle don't like him. And I, and I get why. Um, but I also get his appeal. It's like he's not your typical politician, that which is why people are voting for him. Um, you know, and it's and that's and I think that's a you, and, and you can you can say all kinds of bad things about any of these guys. Um, you know, I, I see the usual sort of, um, uh, you know, the feedback about, OK, if you're you know, if you're uh, you know, if you if you if you if you, if you support Trump, you're a racist. Um, well, you could say the same thing about Biden. If you if you support Biden, you know, you're you're a pedophile. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot more. As I say, there's a lot more pictures of uh, you know, there's a lot more pictures of Biden, uh, you know, with children doing kind of funny, you know, you know, sniffing yeah. them or whatever. It's, it's interesting like, how people justify how Biden like gropes children's faces and stuff like strangers, children. It's, it's weird how people, when you like show them that they like find it, they kind of shrug it off and find a way to justify that being normal. But uh, the, oh. the Trump, a part of the Trump appeal too, is just like humor and entertainment. Like if it's all like, I, I've never had faith in any like politicians or any, any, I've, I've, I don't trust the American government period. So what Jim Morrison say, like, I don't know what's going to happen, man, but I just want to get my kicks before the whole shit house goes up in flames. Like Trump is just like, it's like, fuck it. Like we can't really control anything other than like, let's at least like pull the lever on having some funny like ass clown in there. I don't well, know. I yeah, feel like that's a very small percentage of the population. That might be some people for sure, like you, like like people, yeah, the yeah. kind of people who embody the, uh, the concept Cynical. of a, uh, yeah, a jokester. Like it's 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 I don't give a shit about anything really when it comes down to it. So I just want to have the most fun I can possibly have before, you know, everything, you know, goes to hell in a handbasket. But like <laughs> I, I think that I think the appeal of Trump is just that he's an outsider. Like he's he's not an appealing individual or candidate at all, period. But he's not one of the team. Right. He's he's. He's in the high class team. He's in the elitist, wealthy person team, but he's not part of uh, the corporate, um, you know, politician type monolith that's been in place for about the last 25 to 30 years or more. Like, I mean, I think that's why most people are flocking to him and voting for him is that he is not of the, you know, Joe Biden, Obama, George Bush, you know, just type league of politician yeah he's got so, a I big mean, chunk yeah, my, of anti-war vote too yeah my Correct. my uh, argument against biden is he's been in, he's been in politics 47 years that's <laughs> that's as long as i've been alive give somebody else a turn right and it's you know so it's like if he could do what he wanted to do in 47 years step aside old man let you know let somebody else give it a try you know and right. you know and that's I, yeah because trump has never been a you know he he's never run for office as far as far as i know anyway um you know certainly not at the federal level so it, so to me right as somebody who you know it's like let's you know i i always say that random people from the phone book would do a better job than the current crop of people that we've elected at all levels mm -hmm. of government right, right. i think that's yeah i agree <laughs> 
Yeah, because and I think and I, and I think I actually think that that's something you know it's you know there's that old Monty Python skit you know from from the Holy Grail where they you know it's like where they where they talk about who's the Lord of the Castle right um and it and it's like every you know we we take turns being executive officer for the week right it's mm-hmm. like that would actually oh, yeah. be kind of a cool form of government if you get right down to it. it's like we should all take turns being in charge of the government for a little while um and then um you know and then give it to somebody else right it's you know that was if if you go back to the history of how the government you know how the united states was uh, you know the, the ideas that were embodied in the constitution and everything it's really hey your government should exist for you know to, to in a limited fashion to and each person should be in the government for a limited period of time i mean it was i think it was it, i think it's kind of telling to say that you know because remember they didn't they didn't pass whatever amendment it was that only that limited the president to two terms right it was just it was just understood and it was accept you know and it was that that was the custom that a president would only go for two terms right and and that was you know and at a certain point you know it was, it was fdr that went four terms or whatever it's like okay at that point then they said okay we need to have a um you know you know then, then they put the amendment in place unfortunately that should have been for every level of, of of office right it's like okay you can you can be in there for two terms and then get out and let somebody else do something right because i you know i think that you know there's i think there's always going to be corruption the goal is to try and slow it down as much as possible and this is right you know this is why civilizations and governments ultimately fail is because there's too much corruption and nothing you know the people's work doesn't get done and and all that you know and everybody uh you know and, and yeah i think it you know every empire falls at some point and this is partially wise because thing because you know, you, you get away from your initial ideals and, and, you know, and it's, um, you know, I learned very early. So, um, it, when I was a, uh, when, when I was in eighth grade and took a civics, you know, t- had to take civics at that point, it was, I think that was, that was still part of the curriculum. I have no idea if they even do something like that anymore. I guess they call it social studies or something, but this was a, this was a, this was a study of like, you know, American, American government. Right. And, and, what what the, what the teacher did something very clever i thought which he said if you write on the top of your quiz paper whatever it is whatever it is if you write power corrupts you get an extra point no matter what right it's so it's just like a free point i'm like well i'm i'm not dumb i'll take the free point you know whenever right um and so but you know the, but that was also a, for, a subtle form of mind control right because repetition and so i so i've always so that's something I've always took in, in into heart is that power corrupt that that ultimately you know Lord Acton's saying it, it's it's very true that the power the power that you have ultimately does corrupt you in some way shape or form and it's ulti- it ultimately ends up being a negative force not a positive force and so you you do have to keep power in check and that's why we've you know that's why we uh, the government was built in such a way to to have these checks and balances but unfortunately uh, they've all conspired to uh, you know to to centralize power. It's like, okay, you know, tr- you know, t- Trump tried to push the boundaries and, you know, with that, but uh, he wasn't pushing the boundaries in different, you know, in any different way than previous presidents had done recently. And, you know, and the, and the Supreme Court kind of upheld it. And he's like, okay, well, if, if, if you're telling me I can do this, then I'm going to do it, you know? Um, and it's, you know, so, and, th- and I think that's what sometimes people fail to realize is that, oh, the, you know, the president should have more power or that, you know, whoever should have more power. Well, there's a, there's a good reason these rules were put into place to begin with, because what if somebody comes into power? that you don't agree with and it now has that power <laughs> you know is that is, is that a you know yeah. is that a good thing well that was the argument you always heard people say about with the obama it's like people like in my family that were you know all in on the obama train when the edward snowden stuff came out and confirmed you know what alex jones had been saying for 20 years like they're listening to your they're reading your emails they're listening to your phone calls it was like oh well you know he's doing that obama's has to do that to keep us safe you know it was, 
on the heels of the whole Bush war on terror. Everybody was still a little more freaked out about it. I don't know if the, some of those people would still hold that opinion, but yeah. So that was the always, always the retort I had was just like, okay, so you trust Obama, but you realize he's not always going to, there's somebody else is going to have that power after him. And right. they don't really a great roll stuff like that back. Give up your freedom. Mm. Yeah. I agree with your phone boy. I think that uh, one of the best things we could do for our, our country is to add in more checks and balances. Um, having a officially recognized third party that's able to participate in debates and has representation in media and has representation within our government would definitely um, be a massive uh, blessing to our country when it comes to corruption because that would make it far more difficult to have one you know, general group of people who are all working together and conspiring together to maintain power and maintain a certain style of policy, um, no matter who is in office. Um, if there's a third party there, that's going to just naturally, almost like capitalism, you know, the more competition, generally, the more innovation, you know, the better the, the market does. Um, and then when it comes to the voting, kind of going back to that just real quick, I kind of had, I mean, I think part of the problem with all this ballot, you know, fraud and whatnot is that, the government in some way, shape or form always has to get your ballot to you. You know, we rely on them or we give them some form of responsibility. We give another party some form of responsibility for our vote, you know, getting our votes, you know, our ballots to us so that we can vote or ensuring that they get to the right place. I think it should be an entirely initiatory process on the individual you know, on, 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 you know, underneath their responsibility. If you want to vote, if you want to exercise your right, you need to go out, you need to get it done. You need to make sure that's verified. I don't know if there's a way that we could do this in a more efficient process, you know, than just voting in person at, you know, booths and whatnot. But I mean, you know, we, we've always had innovation. We can definitely innovate in this area as well. Well, yeah. And I think, so, you know, it's like the old absentee ballot system, right? Because as I say, I think I've only ever voted in person one time in my entire life. And the first election I voted I voted in was the 1992 election. Um, and yeah, I did vote for Ross Perot back then, by the way. So, um, so I, you know, so that, that was how I, that was how I started out. It my was voting your was, fault. Was, you were a spoiler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, I was, but I lived in California, so who knows? Um, by then, oh, it yeah. probably didn't matter. Yeah, so, it was. Uh, but that's you know but that so i've always been yeah I've, so i've always voted um yeah so I've, so I've always had a had a and an eye for just voting you know or you know being being slightly different and you know that's but yeah i think i think having yeah third party's good and the libertarian party's probably the closest thing there is to a to a third party with uh you know with enough mind share that they might be able to 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 actually uh, to pull that off but uh that'd be um, awesome i'm waiting for the day yeah, so that's the only uh, yeah, person keep... I've ever voted for in a presidential election was uh, Gary Johnson. <laughs> well, I voted for Gary Johnson last year for last time for sure, um, and uh, that's probably uh, you know I'll probably vote Libertarian again this year just be, just just because. Um, but that's but you know it, it, although some people say oh, you should yeah you, know, you, you should make sure to vote for Trump or whatever you know if if you, if you don't if you don't want to see the Democrats run the run the table like yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, I, I've seen what Democrats do to, uh, well, to basically two states. I've seen I've seen what they do, what they've done to California. I mean, there's a people, there's a people are are fleeing California. And, Mass and, exodus. You know, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I fleed from California in the '90s. I mean, <laughs> so yeah. um, it, it, it was bad in the '90s, and now it's like, okay, well, it's it's just it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And like, you know, it's like, okay, they they're raising taxes. They're not, you know, they're not able to to fund their, you know, their their 
their their crackpot schemes um and uh you know and honestly this is it's just not something i'm uh you know it's it's I, yeah it's like okay even if nothing else let's give somebody else a turn at this right and you know even if it's even if it's okay i'm, I'm picking between an r and a d which is you know it's controlled yeah they're both controlled opposition if i don't i should at least have a uh you know, we should at least give somebody else a turn at this because clearly the you know if the you know if one party's been running the the place for a long time and, and things aren't getting better should we shouldn't we vote differently you know try something new even, <laughs> yeah try something new and it's like and you know i've had this discussion with even with my family because uh, about you know just about voting it's like yeah the entire system is set up so that it so that we can basically vote one way or the other and you know and we're getting and this is these are the results we're getting um you know you're you're almost part of the if you're if you're voting for one party or the other i actually think you're part of the problem right it's like vote for somebody that's not one of the part you know because we get enough people voting a certain way then they're gonna change you know then the system's gonna change right but um you know just to think that you know i think i think it's stupid to say that you can only vote for somebody with an r next to their name or somebody next with a d next to their name yeah. um i just Isn't i just the official don't... rule um if a third party gets 15 percent of the vote or something like that then they have to be uh let into the debates by the debate commission i think that's been something like for that a long time. but um yeah, i but bet they would trying the to do post post like they did that, with that, the that's exactly Tulsi that Gabbard. was the fear yeah that was the fear that they would always just move the goalposts so uh, no matter what you do you're throwing it away because <laughs> these yeah. people these corrupt people are in power you know yeah so yeah i keep i actually do keep thinking that there's gonna there's gonna have to be at some point a you know, a, a revolution of some sort, right? And 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 whether it'll be blood, you know, whether that will involve, uh, you know, bloodshed or not, I don't know. But I think for things to change, right? We're kind of, we're, I think we've kind of reached the point now where, yeah, something, something's gonna have to, you know, and it's not gonna be, you know, what's happened. It's not gonna be what's happening in the street right now, which is, which is, you know, a whole nother type, you know, again, corporate backed revolution. Right. Yeah, or George Soros backed revolution is probably yeah. probably more, much more accurate. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, you know, I think there's going to, there's going to have to be, you know, there's, something's going to have to happen and it's going to be uncomfortable when it does happen. I mean, you know, the civil war was no fun, right? If you want to go back that far, but, um, so there's going to be a, um, you know, there's going to have to be a revolution at some point, I think for, for some of this stuff to change because the, the, the special interests are so entrenched and it's, it's so many different levels. It's, you know, and the, you know, I think, you know, you know, Trump said he was trying to drain the swamp and it's, you know, I, I think, I think he's figured out it's a pretty tough thing to do right, right. um you know so that and you well know, we and can't it, attack a president well and that's that's the question is that if there is a revolution what what would that look like in today's day and age like i mean part of me thinks that people are just americans are too lazy to have a revolution i mean won't in in, in the same old-fashioned violent sense like i mean it's ha it's happening right now in certain areas these riots but i feel like the people that are actually participating in that right now are the only people who would participate in that kind of a thing i mean i know well, they're, I they're getting they're getting paid too right? yeah a lot of them are getting too. paid but also like the right i mean we, we, Noah, you know this as well as i do in in tennessee like there are a lot of rednecks with guns where if shit got real bad they have a bug out bag and a game plan and uh oh yeah a but lot of guns in store have food. that I'm, I'm, i mean most of the people on the left don't have that kind of a thing Right, and I mean, so, which which then means if it came to a sort of civilian style revolution, like, and then what would happen when the corrupt uh, elites br uh, bring in the military? You know, I mean, I'm just well, a I'm lot of the military of would be on our side. Out. 
It's just, I have no idea what a revolution would look like in today's day and age. I think it would just be something the likes of which we've never seen, at least well, in America. Well, we would, I think, we, yeah, US. but I, it, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying, I'm not rooting for it by any stretch of the imagination because oh, right. it's going to be course. very destructive, but um, for a lot of people and a lot of, a lot of ways of life and everything, it's not something I'm right. rooting for, but I'm, it I'm just feels contemplating like, it. yeah, I'm just, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, spitballing going, I think in order for anything serious, you know, for any serious change to happen, that's what it's going to have to be. It's almost, you know, so it's, um, you know, it's almost like every, you know, it, you know, if you think about, but I mean, I think there are subtler ways to do it too. It's like you know, all the ways that we're being tracked and, in, 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 you know, and everything. It's like, this is, you know, I, I, part of, you know, part of my, you know, my revolution is, yeah, is that I don't have to participate in this media, right? It's, it's like the debates. I didn't watch the debates last night. Didn't didn't really care to. It's because it was because because I knew it was all a show anyway. Um, yeah, it's all but, for entertainment. Uh, yeah, it's all for entertainment. I mean, you know, and even I mean, even Rush Limbaugh was saying that in the 90s, right? It's like it's, you know, you, you turn on you turn on the radio, you turn on the television to be entertained. And that's pretty much it. Right. Um, it, it's so with the fact that some of it, you could you can call it news is it you know, that, yeah, it's no, it's not news anymore because news doesn't news doesn't interject opinion, which is what, you know, pretty much every newscast has, you know, it, they might as well just call them, you know, opinion givers, not, you know, not not news givers or whatever. You know. uh, right. But uh, right. It's, although it's, I, I do see value in, in at least not giving up because I almost feel like that's a right that we have a right to watch our candidates. uh debate each other for an hour and a half uninterrupted so that you know the american public can truly see see their mind you know what i'm saying like i mean it's it's pretty easy to put on a good face for these short little interviews and stuff like that but when you're actually having to get up there and get flustered and get challenged even if there's not they're not really putting out valuable opinions it's at least allowing the american people to to see who their candidates for pre for for president you know for essentially king are you know i mean and, and see their true character and 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 it's it's harder to be duped by the uh you know mass media if you actually get a solid long look at these people like this so i i, I do see some some value in watching it but i do see what you're saying all media is basically a shit show right now and and all entertainment is basically a shit show and that's what this is but i i just it's it's one of the most valuable shit shows. I feel like that we <laughs> we it's can watch funny. right now. Trump makes politics so much more entertaining than they used to be. Um, okay, I have a hypothetical for you guys, um, like a thought experiment. Have you ever right, heard ahead. the old George Carlin bit where he's talking about like he's like I exercise my right to not vote. It's like that is like he's like you, people always say like you're you're part of the problem if you don't vote, but it's like you're the ones voting these fuckers in. I can. It's like I didn't vote for him, so I, I I agree with him on a certain sense. But what if I heard somebody bring make this point, and I don't know where I heard it from, so apologize to whoever did. But I wanted, I they didn't they posed the question, but nobody really gave an answer. What if it would never happen? But what if nobody voted? Period. What if not one person cast a vote? Period. What would they do? Because they wouldn't be able to put in if. Everybody got zero votes. Who would they put in as the next president? Yeah, they'd have to redo the election. I mean, right? Yeah, but then I nobody mean, would I, vote again. What if every What if everybody just stopped voting? Period. Would the government just collapse? Would they just install people by proxy? Or? I mean, people would probably just take power whenever there's a power vacuum. <laughs> just take it, right? So. I just never. I just was wondering what the. I mean, obviously, there's always going to be people voting, but I just was wondering what the protocol for that was. 
Well, I, I don't think they've ever thought of. I don't think they've ever conceived of that because I mean, it's not <laughs> the Constitution, certainly, right? It's it's right. It's they never thought of the fact that that people wouldn't care enough to vote, right? And that's and yeah, and I think uh, yeah, I've probably heard that Carlin bit. I've heard I've heard many Carlin bits over the years. So that, that that's somebody who died way too soon. Um, you know, he, he he his car his comedy got a lot darker as 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 as, as time wore on, though. Um, oh, his last yeah, special, he um he recorded. Uh, it was scheduled to be released on September 11th, 2001, and it was called "I Kind of Like It When a Lot of People Die." And they obviously yeah, shelved it. Yeah, they they shelved it, and uh, it, it, they just released it like I think this year or last year because it was like <laughs> whatever studio or a publishing company or production company was like, and eh, eh, probably not. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> yeah. It's uh yeah, there's a lot of things like that that yeah they, they you know they kind of go uh, maybe maybe not such a such a great thing but it, but yeah uh, now I did so um I did see George Carlin live once um, um this is probably in 1999 or something like there 2000 or something like that because it was when I lived in Spokane uh, so. Um, rather, rather interesting. Um, and yeah, there's one, yeah, very, you know, one of the, you know, the funniest man to have ever walked the earth. And, and yeah, he was a genius. And, and he was, you know, a genius before his time, really. It's like you, you look at some of his stuff now and it's like, dang, George, I bet you're looking down from looking up or down from wherever you are. And, and, uh, you're going, <laughs> God, I was right. <laughs> yeah. Same with Bill Hicks, you know, to a lesser extent. Yeah. I forgot George Carlin was the first ever host of, SNL, like the in the first episode. Oh, that's oh, that's going oh, wow. that's going back. Wow. Yeah, he was doing. Uh, I have some of the vinyl albums from like the early seventies of him, and it's very, very kind of wacky, like stonery humor. Like he has a, bits on like time and like smoking weed, and it's it's I don't know. It's like not he as he got older and more cynical, he started doing it like a whole different style of comedy. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, his comedy, his comedy style involved, yeah, because you listen to early Carlin, and it's like it's very, um, yeah, it's it's very different than the than the later stuff, um, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, and I've got, I don't have, I don't have any of this stuff on vinyl. I kind of, kind of wish I did, but, um, but it, yeah, some of that stuff is, uh, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's classic, and yeah, and even and I think even I think you can find some of that political commentary in the older stuff. I mean, you know, the whole, you know, the whole the whole seven dirty words right um that that's a you know that's probably the first the first sort of political thing that you can um you know that that George, you know and, and he wasn't it wasn't as dark as you know and it was just kind of making fun of the fact that you know that we're puritanical as a country right it's, trying to remember what what the words uh, uh shit piss cunt cocksucker motherfucker yeah. and tits yeah <laughs> shit piss fuck cunt cocksucker motherfucker and tits today it would be like um Today, today you would need something the size of the of the of the of the uh, you know the 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 Old Testament. It would be like it would be slurs like racial slurs and like homophobic slurs. That would be the list. Nobody really cares if you say like "fuck cunt" or "cocksucker" anymore. Exactly. Yeah. It's, well, uh, I guess "cocksucker" is homophobic. Now that I think about it, so you wouldn't want a motherfucker. Nah, people still don't care about that. I feel like the N word's one of the. One well, of the yeah, that one's yeah. A, that's Funny. the big no-no. Uh, yeah, there's bitch, lots of bitch is one I've heard like people are starting to get mad about again. Nah, you know, it's... they're just words, right? Right. Yeah, it's the intent behind the words that you got to worry about. That's what they uh, like. Right when Bernie 
posted his uh, that video of Joe Rogan saying like I'm, I'm gonna vote for Bernie or whatever. Like people just they had this clip ready to go of out of context over the years of Joe Rogan saying the N word on his podcast, just totally out of context, and that just blew up all over Twitter. Like a super cut of yeah, a super cut of yeah. Rogan saying the, <laughs> the N word. Uh, but um, hey, I found that phone boy. I found that. Uh, Clip you were talking about. What is it called? The com, um, some kind words? of commune. The, no, 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 no. The commune. I just, I'm going way back to what you were talking about uh, a while ago. Uh, the commune in the Holy Grail. Oh yes, of course. Well, then what? you have to play it now. Yeah. Yeah, but what? Okay, yeah. I can't. Well, remember. Sorry about the old woman, but from behind you look. What well, I object to is you automatically treat me like an inferior. Well, I am king. Oh, king, a eh? very nice. And how do you get that, eh? By exploiting the workers by hanging on to outdated imperialist dogma which perpetuates the economic and social differences in our society. If there's ever going to be any progress... Dennis, there's some lovely filth down here! <laughs> oh! How'd you do? How'd you do, good lady? I'm Arthur, King of the Britons. Whose castle is that? King of the who? The Britons. Who are the Britons? Well, we all are. We are all Britons. And I am your king. I didn't know we had a king. I thought we were an autonomous collective. You're fooling yourself. We're living in a dictatorship, a self-perpetuating autocracy in which the working classes... Oh, there get... you go, bringing class into it again. Well, that's what it's all about. If only people would... Please, realize... please, good people, I am in haste. Who lives in that castle? No one lives there. Then who is your lord? We don't have a lord. What? I told you, we're an anarcho-syndicalist commune. We take it in turns to act as a sort of executive officer for the week. Yes. But all the decisions of that officer have to be ratified at a special bi-weekly meeting. Yes, I see. By a simple majority in the case of purely internal affairs. Be quiet. But by a two-thirds majority in the case be of more... Be quiet. I order you to be quiet. Order? Who does he think he is? <laughs> I'm your king. Well, I didn't vote for you. You don't <laughs> vote for kings? Well, how do you become king, then? The Lady of the Lake, her arm clad in the purest shimmering Samite, held aloft Excalibur from the bosom of the water, signifying by divine providence that I, Arthur, was to carry Excalibur. That is why I'm your king. Listen, strange women lying in ponds distributing swords is no basis for a system of government. Supreme executive power derives from a mandate from the masses, not from some farcical aquatic ceremony. Be quiet! Oh, but you can't expect to wield supreme executive power just because some watery tart threw a sword at you. Shut up! <laughs> oh, but if I went round saying I was an emperor just because some moistened bint had lobbed a scimitar at me, they put me away! Shut up! Will you shut up? Ah, now we see the violence the inherent in the system. <laughs> yeah. Except for entertaining. Shut up. Right, right. <laughs> This is what I'm all about. <laughs> exactly. Do you think that would work in anar what was it? An anarcho anarcho syndicalist commune? Yeah, exactly. I think well, yeah, I don't I don't know if it would work in reality, but it but it, it certainly sounds a lot better than what we have right now. It's just like it just you know, it's like give everybody a chance to 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 do it. And and I think people would realize that hey, hey, being in charge is actually really hard. You know, it's it's you know, it's it's like you know you don't think being in charge you know it's being in charge sounds easy until you're actually in charge and you go holy crap I don't want to be in charge. <laughs> yeah, a microcosm of that is I'm I'm not even a I don't have kids but like 
you when you're a kid, you're like, think it's so easy to be a parent, and like you know, after you're between the ages of I guess like 16 and 20s, when I like really realized like, man, being a parent is like really difficult, <laughs> and I'm not even one. Right. Yeah. So, so you have a couple couple little babies of your own, then it gets even more. Like there's another level of realization. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. My yeah, parents, I, thank, thank, I thank them so much. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I, I, I somehow survived despite my drunk, stoned, hippie parents. But anyway, <laughs> right there, you go. Also, that, yeah, that happened. Yeah, the, <laughs> at least my children uh, did not experience drunk, stoned, hippie parents. But there you go. Be what you needed. Well, right there, were they like the cool, nice hippies or like the dirty hippies? Um, depends. Uh, you don't have to answer. That. Well, you know, that's I, I think I think that's a matter of opinion. I mean, they were not I don't think they were necessarily dirty hippies, but they they did far too many too much drugs and alcohol. And, um, you know, that's that's so, yeah, probably more trended toward the dirty hippies, but not, you know, they, they, it's yeah. anyway, it's just it's so it was like uh, a, a Grateful Dead concert, not like a uh, Pink Floyd concert. Um, yeah, I've been I to a Pink Floyd that... concert. I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. As soon as it came out of my well, mouth, I, was like, I, I don't know. Sense. Well, <laughs> okay. So I, rem I remember in college, I went to actually I went to a Yes concert in college at the Shoreline Amphitheater in Mountain View, um, and uh, yeah, oh, that, that was good. The, the, yeah, the, the yeah the the yeah the uh, the stench of marijuana in the air was pretty heavy. I'll just say that. Huh? Um, at a Yes concert. At a Yes concert. Yes. Yeah. Wait, well, yeah, I've, I've been to Bonnaroo a handful of times, and that's. Uh, yeah. Weeds the least of your worries there. Well, exactly. I mean, honestly, I, I, I <laughs> some of those music festivals get wild. Marijuana at any concert, yeah. You know. Like. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure there was marijuana flo floating around Oakland Coliseum, and when I saw Pink Floyd in '94, but um, oh yeah, there had to have been. Oh, for sure. The first time, first time I was at Bonnaroo, I watched a dude. Um, <laughs> I watched a dude uh, smoke wax, which I didn't even really know what it was at the time. Uh, out of a rig. Um, and so it's like, basically you have a blowtorch and a big nail and like a huge glass, uh, bong looking thing. And he was carrying that around at a concert. Yes. No, it, like, and it was no way to hide it. Like that Bonnaroo is like, you're seeing a lot of titties. Girls have their titties out painted a lot of very public drug use, at least in the early days of Bonnaroo before the DEA kind of caught on to <laughs> how crazy it was getting. But yeah, no, so concerts are... Music festivals in particular, it's like, yeah, if, if you're not smelling weed, I'd be worried. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if you're if you're gonna smoke it anywhere, you know, especially especially for, you know, I don't know, the, you, there's, yeah, I I think uh, I almost wish I were older so I could have experienced, you know, some of the early Pink Floyd, you know, you know, some of the old, you know, oh god, I would have loved that. Oh, I know. Well, that's a that's okay, a show so, I've always wanted to see. That I never like even when Roger Waters was in town with the Wall Tour, I would have settled for that. Oh yeah, well, except except Roger Waters got really angry at some point in his. Well, it, it, he <laughs> just got angry and angrier as he got older and older. It and came out in his kind of... music too. Well, exactly. <laughs> some of his so... later albums were like so depressing and. Oh yeah. Dark. Although I although I listened back to say like Amused to Death, which I think came out in ninety one. That's a great um, album. That is a great album. Now you get you get much you get much later than that, then it starts. It's just like okay, dude. What's the yeah. one that's uh, I think earlier than that? 
might have been like uh, right after he left Pink Floyd. It's like a green radio waves or something. It's got like yeah, a green radio, radio waves. Yeah, that's that's a decent one. Um, I have that on vinyl. The pros and cons of hitchhiking is is uh, one of my favorite ones. You get you get down to that. Um, no, but I, I so I found out actually. And I, I found this out through and, and it was an accident. It was one of those somebody had somebody had sent me down a YouTube rabbit hole and then I I had discovered that Nick Mason, who's the the drummer of Pink Floyd, um, so he actually formed a band not too long ago and and started and 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 so you know now I can now I think one of the so so one of the guys in the band was they had toured with Pink Floyd you know in the eighties and nineties or whatever and then there's a guy from Spandau Ballet. Like okay, so I never thought I'd make those two bands connect somehow, right? But anyway, now, but, but apparently now they do. Uh, but anyway, so it's Nick Mason's Saucer Full of Secrets, and so they play a lot of, and, oh, and, wow. you know, they 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 cover, you know, pre Dark Side of the Moon Pink Floyd stuff. Back when they almost and, sounded like a, that first album almost was like a Beatles, Beach Boys. Well, kind it was, of like well, you know, well, was, okay, so Sid Barrett was like high on drugs like his entire life i think uh, that's what shine on you crazy diamond they wrote that about him well, and they, well exactly yeah they said he yeah. came in uh to hear the recording yeah. of it in the in studio and he was doing stuff he was his he was so blown out on all the lsd that he would do things like by when he was brushing his teeth he would hold his toothbrush still and jump up and down to get the, the toothbrush to brush his teeth like <laughs> <laughs> shit like that like uh he played like an he played uh like a whole concert he just had his back to the crowd and played the same note over and over on his guitar he was it's sad but yeah like you can go a little too deep in the in that realm yeah i think he so, kind of loses his mind uh, yeah oh, yeah, he, yeah. He, he lost oh yeah he he, he definitely yeah there, there's a yeah there's a, a lot written about what happened to sid barrett yeah he just he just went way too psychedelic and then he was only um, in he was the front man for what the first two albums for Pink Floyd or first, was it? Yeah, first album and a half at that. Right. Right. Um oh, wow. and um yeah, so you listen to that for yeah, so you listen to that for it was a Piper at the Gates of Dawn, I think was the first album. Um yeah. and yeah, it, 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 um I'm not even sure he's dead yet. I I, I mean yeah. but he's in okay. a loony bin somewhere. But uh, yeah. maybe he did die. I don't I you know, I don't know. He's not in the public eye anymore, but um, you know, if, even if he is still alive, but I mean, I you know, unaware. Gilmore's still alive and Nick Mason's still alive. And oh, he died Waters. in uh, 2006, according to okay. Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Wright did die. Um, when did he die? Um, he died a while back also, but, um, the, the keyboardist, um, and yeah, that's, and, and that's, um, anyway, that, so that, that that's, uh, yeah, I, that was the first album I put on a record player as a child was Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, at least that one that wasn't like a kid's album or something, but the, you know, the first album I remember putting, you know, putting on my mom's record player that was not a children's album was Dark Side of the Moon. So that's, uh, oh man, I feel like everybody remembers the first time they heard that album. Oh yeah. Um, I do. and it's, I've, you know, I've been, I've been hearing that album my entire life because it came out in 73 and I was born in 73. So I've, I'm pretty sure I've been hearing that album since, since I was born. So, you know, in the, in the movie, the wall, um, where he shaves his hair and eyebrows off. That was an homage to Sid Barrett because he actually did that. Oh, I didn't realize that was an homage to Sid Barrett, but it doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah, yeah, Bob. Yeah, Bel Bob Geldof do dove into that uh, role a little bit too, uh, <laughs> a little bit too much, I think. That's a, that scene that's where he sets up the whole hotel room with all the like, all that just shit into this crazy design, and it's, I haven't seen it in a while, but. 
Yeah. You know, Pink well, Floyd is uh, Roger yeah, Waters really made like, like was like the darkness of the of the Floyd uh, sound and lyrics, and then like um, Nick Mason and uh, why am I blanking on the guitarist name? Uh, David Gilmore. David Gilmore were like the happier side. So when the, all of them came together, it was like it was just perfect. Yeah. Well, you know, that kind of. You know, as much as I appreciate listening to, uh, let's say, Animals or, you know, the, or The Wall or even The Final Cut, right? It's, it's, it's uh, um, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I appreciate that earlier Floyd to an extent because it wasn't, you know, you did, I, I don't know. Roger Waters was a little bit more tempered back in the, you know, I'd say, the you know, the late 60s, early 70s. So it wasn't as, uh, um, it wasn't as, you know, it wasn't as overpowering. So you got a They've little bit more. They've been trying to cancel Ro- Roger Waters. Well, yeah, I mean, I, no, I'm not, I'm, uh, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of his opinion on Israel, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's what they were trying to cancel. <laughs> yeah, it's you What's know, his but opinion it's, on uh, Israel. He doesn't uh, like it. He, yeah, he doesn't like him. <laughs> okay, it's like you know, this is this is this is okay. So so I'll put I'll you know so I'll say it as a uh, as a disclaimer. I work for an Israeli company, and and and, and so uh, that's. It. But I've also been to Israel many times, right? And. I think it's like any, you know, I think Israel's like any other place, right? They the people right. are generally pretty good. Um the you know the over, overall I I understand the culture and I understand what, you know, what what drives the the country forward. Um at the same time I think there but I think you know, it's easy to inter, easy to say that Israel as a country is is this horrible place but judging by the actions of the government uh versus right. And you the, can say you know, that about the, just about any place, right? Well, I mean, well, you know. well exactly. Yeah. Now, do I disagree with some of the things their government does? Sure, I do. I disagree with some of the th- a lot of the things that our government does. So I, you know, as Americans, exactly. so I, I'm. Um, it's it's also you know, but I've also seen I've also actually been there and I've actually seen how things play out. Right. It's like you know, you know, again, most you know, I, I've been there during you know, so you know, I haven't. I, fortunately, I haven't been there during like when things were getting bombed or whatever. But but I've also but I've you know I've been there enough times. I've I've you know, I, I, I've asked enough questions and I kind of understand, okay, this stuff does happen. Right. So even in, you know, you know, okay. You may, I may not want to go down near Gaza or wherever, you know, wherever there's continually, you know, you know, the, you know, the Hamas rockets or whatever getting lobbed over, but, um, you know, but I also know the Israelis actually go, you know, they go help people, right? If, I mean, people that are actually in, in need versus the, you know, the, the, you know, the governments or whatever. And I also know that the, is, that the Israeli culture is actually fairly tolerant. Yes, there are some sects that are maybe, you know, some of the more orthodox sects that may not be, uh, um, they may be a little bit less or, you know, in, uh, you know yeah. open. But in general, as, as a society, it's a fairly liberal society, right? I mean, it, yeah, they've been you know, pretty Americanized, are, it seems like. Uh... Well, that too. Yeah. I mean, it, so there is, um, so for example all their street signs are in and I, I see four you know I, I hear four languages anytime i'm in israel i hear english i hear hebrew i hear arabic and i also hear russian um and you know that's just the, you know in most russian, of the street signs are in the first three right russian is yeah there's a there's a large russian uh, immigration population there so um so it's not i but i see you know i, I see signs in all four of the all four of those languages right or so um, it is totally, so yeah, I think it's, uh, and, you know, and, and actually they, you know, so they, for the most part live in, you know, live in harmony, right? They're, I mean, yeah, they're, you know, yeah, some of their neighbors don't like them, right? And yeah. and they are, you know, I, th- I think uh, some people are very jealous of what, what Israel has been able to build in, in the desert, right? I mean, it's, it's, 
I mean, it's an amazing country. The food's amazing. The people are amazing. The, you know, the politicians are just like every other politician. They're not, not so amazing, but, um, but they, uh, it, it, you know, it, it, I, and I, and I'm, you know, it's, I'm not Jewish by any stretch of the imagination, but, but, uh, I at least understand the direction that they're coming from. And, um, and yeah, and I, and, I, and it's, you know, it's, I say it's, there are worse places in the world to live, uh, for sure. It's, uh, you know, that I think it's, a. Uh, um, you know, but I, and I, and I think uh, people have a different point of view about it, uh, than, uh, than is reality. Um, you know, right. I've seen yeah. the reality. I, I, there's a, there's a, um, a sizable group of people that like equate Israel to being behind everything. Like we do know they did. Well, it seems pretty obvious they were involved with Saudi Arabia in nine 11, but, um, like people have this idea and it is kind of funny, like the, the Jews run the media trope and all that. It's like, I get, it's like, I get the, I, I'm, I'm, I am a, a fan of like the, some of like the off color comedy about Jews. But when it comes down to it, people actually do believe some of them that like everybody in Israel is George Soros. And they're all like, like Israel's some monolith conspiring to do all this stuff. And it's like clearly people that have never been there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's um, just like any other major, you know, first world country. Stereotype. They, they've got a lot of they've got a lot of corruption in their government, you know, just like most other places. The um, yeah. the the whole situation with Gaza and then like you know the neighboring, what is it like Palestine and what are what are yeah. the ones around Israel that they, everybody right, has right. such a and I haven't kept up with the details to even have an opinion on it, but at least not lately. But you know, you have like your pro Israel, like you know Charlie Kirk. Uh, um, very conservative pro-Israel people. It's like Israel can't do anything wrong. And then you have your like ultra left people like Abby Martin, um, who are like uh, basically just the narrative she paints is that like Israel's just murdering children, children. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like I'm sure some of there's some little slice of truth to both of those opinions, but no, there's not much room for nuance when it comes to opinions on Israel. Well, exactly. Racial tensions, really. Yeah. But I mean, I, so, I mean, I work with Israelis, you know, I mean, I would say I work for an Israeli company. I work directly with Israelis and I've been doing it for, you know, a couple of decades. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, I, so I, I'd say I have, I'm, I'm, you know, I won't consider myself an expert at least on that topic. There's plenty of, plenty of topics I'm an expert on, but that's not one of them necessarily. But I, but I, I, I have a perspective that I think a lot of the people that, buy into the to the m5m narrative on on israel um that, that they don't have because yeah i i i work with you know i work with those people i i ask them questions sometimes i'm like so how is it you know like right now they're they've 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 gone into lockdown again over you know over corona chan right which is uh you know which yeah but and you know and i remember actually i remember reading an article months ago uh, about why because because I, I was actually supposed to go over there uh right before the lockdown happened the first time right so you know like in march um and and i remember reading something in the jerusalem post about uh, about okay so why do they do it and they said well yeah well you know our medical our, our you know our socialized healthcare system is already overrun before covid and you know we, we just 
yeah so we're trying to prevent that from getting overrun and i go okay well that that i i don't necessarily buy it but i'll but i okay but i understand the logic and can you know it's like okay fine i get it so and they're doing it you know and they're kind of doing it again right it's like okay now we're you know but the, they've you know that so they're they, they've got into some lockdown it also happens to be right now high holy days so it's not that it's not the worst time in the world to do it because because you know a lot of because a lot of people are working you know they're because it was just yeah it was a um a week ago it was rosh hashanah monday was yom kippur um and uh, and so on right so there's 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 a number and so there, and there's a few other holidays that are you know, like in the next couple of weeks or something so uh, i guess if you're going to be locked down during the holidays is, is not the worst time to do it uh but um so yeah but i think they're but but yeah this is uh it, it but yeah i think it's a perspective that yeah you have to at least have to read you know you have to you have to and i ask people about it like okay so how is this going and you know and they're you know so i so i hear from real people i don't hear the mainstream narrative i hear what what people are actually experiencing and then i can kind of come to my own conclusions about it so um so yeah there's a there's a there's a discussion about all this stuff and it's you know it's interesting the way our company sort of reacted to the whole you know to the to the way that this uh pandemic played out and we've got because because i work for a you know a, a you know i'd say it's a small company by by large company standards but it's we've got people in you know 90 something countries i don't know but um and uh and so every location and every area is a little different about how they're handling it and as a company we've just said yeah okay um we're gonna work remotely we'll you know we'll do we'll, we'll you know we'll make the best of it and 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 you know we had to adapt we had to adapt very quickly to because uh, you know, we had some some parts of the company didn't work remotely at all and now everybody's having to work remotely and so it's a, you know we've, we've had to make some uh swift changes to to accommodate that and um but uh yeah they, but they've kind of taken the they've taken the more conservative approach as a company and said okay well we're gonna um you know whatever you don't need to come into the office um so um, you believe Believe that when the uh, lockdown is undone, uh, your company will reestablish a presence in the office, or do you think that they will continue to have their employees work remote, work remotely to save on cost? So I think it depends, um, and I think it's. I think there was so this so and and I'll say this for a lot, you know, not just speaking for the company I work for, but um, but for I'd say for a lot of companies. Um, I have been I've I've had a pretty unique experience. Um, I've been working remotely since 1998, maybe or 90, yeah, so something like that. When I moved to Spokane from the Bay Area, um, so I I have uh, you know I've never lived near. A, co a corporate office, right? Or at least, you know, far, you know, near enough that I'd, that I, that I'd need to go that I, that, I, or, or, you know, near enough, a big enough office that I'd need that I'd, that I'd ever go into it on a regular basis. Right. So, so I've been working from home. For, so it's funny when they, when, you know, when started getting calls from HR about, you know, it's like, how are you dealing from working from home? I'm like, I've been doing this for 20 something years, guys. This is nothing new for me. Uh, the only new part is I'm not traveling right now. So that's, that's a little bit of a difference, but um, I think, that a lot of companies are looking at this and kind of going, you know, this isn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. Um, and so I think there's probably, th there's going to be some people, that, you know, not everybody's going to be working from home, right? And I think it's going to depend on the person and it's going to depend on the job, right? There are some jobs where it makes sense to be in the office and do the, you know, and, and, and you know, do things with, you have to, you have, you, there's certain kinds of collaboration. You start dealing with physical goods, you know, things like physical hardware and, um, 
you know, and so on, where it does make sense to, to, to be, to collaborate in person, but there's certain kinds of tasks where that's not required. And now, but I, but I, now I, the other perspective I have on this is that I think there are certain kinds of collaboration that are best done in person that are, it's very difficult, even with the current tools and the tools have gotten better over the last 20 something years. I think there's certain kinds of collaboration that are much better to do and you're, and you're, and you're going to have much deeper relationships in person. It, it's, I, I don't think the technology makes it that possible to, to form the deep kinds of relationships that you need to have with some of these jobs and, and to have that happen when you're, um, you know, when you're remote, and I was I was having this discussion with one, with one of my coworkers yesterday. We were, um, we were, and, and he he's you know we were, we were he was talking about how he went to Israel and you know hung out with one of the R and D teams for you know a while or whatever, and and yeah, and I think. I think we still need, I think we're still social animals at the end of the day. Right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and yeah, I'm, and I'm actually saying that on purpose. I realize it's one of those things that we shouldn't be, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, yeah, no, we're uh, one of the, one of those verbal ticks. Right. But, but, but at the end of the day, I think we're social animals. And I think we need to have that, that we still need to get together Now, how often we will, you know, are, are we all going to be going to the office every day? I don't think so. Um, I, but I think that we are, I think it's going to be more common for people to work from, uh, you know, to, to, to work from home and it's gonna be more acceptable to work from home. It's certainly, we've had to all do it now. So I think, I, you know, I think, uh, I think every company is going to have a certain is, is now realizing that they can actually do it and it's not so bad that they're going to that, that there's going to, there's going to be a certain percentage of the population that's going to say, I want to continue working from home. Um, and there are going to be some people that don't want to do that. And so I think it's going to be a mix. Um, right. Do I think that there's going to be, yeah. Do I think that there's going to be a lot of uh, open commercial real estate as a result? I think so actually, because I don't think everybody needs to come to an office all the time. Right. I think we, I think we all need to get together every now and again, but um, right. And so I think it I depends think... on the type of work that you're doing. Like if you're doing what you're talking about is like if you're doing paperwork type based work or computer based work or tele telephone based work, then generally you can do that kind of stuff from home. But most things that require interaction with, you know, physical objects or, you know, you, usually you have to come into a place. And then I also see the point what you're saying about certain types of paperwork or computer work being even though you can do it from home, the uh, lack of synchronicity that you get from having uh, physical individuals together in a place is going to produce a you know lower quality work, which is then going to actually cost you more in the long run than it would be to have people at least come in and meet every now and then for specific you know types of uh, projects. Yeah, and this is and again, this is, I have the perspective of having worked from home for twenty something years. The way I survived was going to the office on a regular basis. It's, mm -hmm, it, it, mm -hmm. it's because that way, because that way I know who I'm talking to, right? Because it's much easier to, to to call somebody up that you've met a few times in person, right? It's it's, it's I don't know. Right. There's, it, it, it's just there's it's just Emotional mentally connection. easier. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a connection that you can get, and and uh, yeah, and that's that's actually an interesting sort of dynamic that's happened. So when we all switch, so we've all been using Zoom for forever, right, for conferences or whatever. But we almost never turned on the camera. Now it's it's a little more common to turn on our cameras. Um, and I say a little more common because it depends on the meeting. But for the most part, I'd say that never that uh, that a lot of our meetings now because we don't have the physical proximity we're now starting to use the camera and and using that more and you know we have better bandwidth hopefully that's i mean a lot of this stuff you know 20 years ago there wasn't you know um and i remember you know that th th there just wasn't video right now i think we've got we've we've got 
better collaboration tools, but I don't think they're ever going to fully replace being in person. And cause, cause I tell you what, there's, there's, there's something to be said for a bunch of people getting together in a room and shooting the shit and, you know, not having the latency of random internet or, you know, whatever, right. And, and, and being on the same room and being able to not, to, to not talk over each other and to, and to, it, yeah. And to just naturally collaborate as, as humans. And yeah, we're in the same room and we can, you know, we can kind of nudge each other and whisper to each other, whatever they things that it's a lot harder to do on a, um, you know, with, with the tools that are available. So, um, right. Right. Well, part of a massive part of our communication is not just, you know, words, you know, spoken word, it's, it's body language, it's, it's facial expressions. It's, and, and you, you just, you lose a massive percentage of that when you, you know, put it all, uh, uh, uh you know, force it all to go through technology. Yeah. And, and just like now when you, you know, I heard you stutter a little bit, right. I mean, there's, there's random errors that are, mm-hmm. um, that are, in, that are, that are added by the technology because the technology is not perfect. I'm sitting here watching my ping time, uh, um, just because, because I was, yeah, last night I was having, uh, my uh, cable modem kept rebooting and I'm not sure why, but, um, I think Comcast was having some outages yesterday from what I remember, but, uh, so, and, and yeah, and part of it, and, and that's, you know, that's something that happens. It's like, yeah, I, I know the technology is not perfect. I mean, I've been doing, I, you know, I've been doing dude named Ben work for forever. Right. And so it's, um, and even though I, I have a marketing job these days, it's, a um, it, you know, I'm, I'm still fairly technical and, and I still get into the nuts and bolts of, uh, you know, trying to troubleshoot some of this stuff and helping people with it, with it. And so it's, uh, yeah, so I, 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 I know, uh, that this technology is far from perfect it's gotten really good i mean the fact that we're sitting i'm sitting here in a web browser um and the three of us are having a conversation uh you know that's not new right it's we've been able to do that for a long time but the 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 audio quality has gotten a lot better i mean i've um this is you know this is about as high quality as it's going to get clean feed's a great tool by the way um it's i i'd like to use it more and i probably will um yeah it sounds like when you this i guess just because i've been comparing it to skype but like listening to a podcast done over Skype versus clean feed, it, you, it's hard to tell if somebody's in the same room or not with clean feed almost compared to Skype, at least Skype connects well, yeah. to the Skype audio quality is very obvious, but the, well, the um, Skype's good though. I mean, it's not to say that Skype's horrible, but yeah, there's, again, the technology in, in, interprets it and necessarily it, 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 it adds artifacts or, um, or, you know, sometimes intentionally, sometimes not, right? It's because it's, it's, it's never going to re- reproduce our, our quality perfectly, right? Um, which correct, yeah. which is why going back to the debates, I think, uh, which I know uh, Biden's team at some point was requesting um, for the debates to be a live stream type situation, like a Zoom type situation, which is why I think we need to COVID. maintain that these people stay in the room. You know, we we ha- we have to be able to see body language. We have to be able to see how they're actually their their physical bodies are performing underneath pressure. You know. Uh, yeah. Good. Uh, I was just gonna say uh, this. Uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I even smoked today. No. Um. Uh, South Park just released a documentary about how they made this because they make everything like you know about a week. They start writing it usually a week or two before the episode airs and the animated all they I haven't, I watched like right before the podcast, like 10 minutes of it and what they, they did the whole writing animating. And I guess they're doing, doing this for the whole season because of COVID they like all their writing meetings are over zoom calls. And then they have all the animators have their gear at home and all the voice acting, everybody's doing the whole show from home. So I'm, a, I'm thinking like what you guys are saying, how, human sparks usually fly better 
in person. I'm wondering if that's going to be noticeable on the show, if it's going to suck a little bit because everybody was working from home on a cartoon. Yeah, again, I think, it, yeah, the immediacy is different, right? It's, there's, there's the technology adds latency and it's, you know, we, we, you can't change the laws of physics or the laws of, you know, the, the, you know, the laws of sound, you know, the speed of sound or whatever. And everything, yeah. And, and so much of comedy, right. And we're talking about South Park is, is about timing and Mm -hmm. we have to be able to, you know, and, and you lose a lot of that timing on zoom, right. As good as zoom is, um, you know, you're, there's going to, there's, there's audio encoding delays. There's uh, there, you know, there, there's, there's just artifacts all over the place and it, and it messes with the timing. It messes with everything and it's going to be, so, um, yeah, I think it, so it, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that, um, you know, how that does, but even listening to something like, uh, I don't know, Adam Carolla, right. And I'm not, I don't listen to a lot of Adam Carolla, but I, I will listen to Adam Carolla when Vinnie Tartarich is on, but the pod father. Um, oh wait, no, different. <laughs> <laughs> He always gets Different. he always gets credit for being a pod, the uh, podcast first podcaster. Well, we know that, that that's that's not the case, but uh, yeah, we it, I think it's uh, um, yeah, was... and he, it, yeah, but it, but I mean he he's definitely he's definitely he's made a good living basically doing podcasts, right? I mean he was a radio guy, you know him and him and uh, Drew Pinsky, whatever, you know, you know doing Love Lines, whatever, way way back when. But oh, um, I forgot about that show. Yeah, actually, actually, yeah. So, Corolla Digital actually puts out a number of different podcasts. Uh, um, I will, so I, I will listen to the the Adam Corolla show proper when Vinnie Tortorich is on. Um, but uh, that's a, that's yeah, about Drew Pinsky's it. doing uh, podcasts now too. Yeah, so so Drew's got his own podcast. He also so so Adam and so Adam and Doctor Drew do a podcast also. Um, it's uh, so they you know that it's shorter than the you know the adam carolla because you know because you know the adam carolla shows like two plus hours a day right it's like i'm sorry i you know that's there are so many things that i would listen to if i had time but i i don't right so it's a there's a um podcast you know that you know i can't i can't even listen to all of the stuff that the no agenda family does right i mean i just yeah i try and it's just i'm yeah it's too much but it's it's all good content yeah, it's uh, you know, I was just yeah, I was just listening to Grumpy Old Ben's before I was uh, bef- before I got on here, but that's a, um, and yeah, it, that's a, it, it's just there's just so much content out there, and so, um, however, which is nice because not everybody produces, you know, there's there's always there's occasionally gaps, and so it's always good to have some podcasts sort of in re- and that you can kind of go back to and listen to, and it's, you know, I kind of li- right. but uh, yeah, I'll listen to Adam and Doctor Drew sometimes because uh, because yeah, I do like uh, you know, I do like their interactions and uh what's yeah, their new Dr. show is drew it the, is... like love line returns no it's no it's called the adam and dr drew show um so oh, okay it's, yeah but it, you that's know that, that's probably roughly 90 minutes a week i guess you know they do they'll release three or four episodes a, a week um is it, you know, is it after dark the name of dr drew's solo podcast i know he has one on the your mom's house network which is hilarious to me it's tom segura and christina christina Pazinski. i think they have that yeah, podcast so dr drew good so there. Okay. So let me. Let me. Okay. So let me. I'm, I'm pulling up my podcast player right now. So, um, okay. So there is. Okay. So there's the Adam and Doctor Drew show. There is. Um, uh, let's see what else. Um, and yeah, that's actually nice that I can. You know, you can pull up a like an episode of a podcast and listen to it. Right. Um, you know, and you don't have to subscribe to it, but, uh, and so I do that with a lot of different podcasts, but, um, so let's see. I think there's also ask Dr. Drew, which is actually, he does like a, he does like a daily YouTube and sometimes that'll show up as a, he'll, he'll, he'll play it as a podcast. Right. Um, 
there's also um I'm trying to remember he's done some other stuff too. I, you know, I don't quite, I, people want to do video pot. It's like, I, you know, so, you know, like when Adam got on with uh hotep Jesus, right. It was a three and a half hour thing. I'm like, I'm not watching a three and a half hour anything. Yeah. Sorry. I just listened to it. Yeah. I so, you know, you pull thing. the MP3 and you listen to it and, and you, it, it, you know, there's something to, yeah, I don't, you know, for a conversation, I don't know that you need to, you know, if you're not there, I don't know that you need to see the conversation. I think you can, depending on how yeah, media it gets. Yeah, well, but it depends. Like if it, if it was in person, like okay, like when Alex Jones is on Joe Rogan, I I'm for sure watching the whole thing because it's worth it. But if Alex Jones skyped in for a three hour Joe Rogan podcast, I would not be watching. I'd be listening. Like even the debates, like you were saying, Noah, if they did that over Zoom or Skype or whatever, the Trump Biden debates, I wouldn't have watched it. I'd have been like, nah, nah. yeah, right, right, and there's. Yeah, and I think there. Yeah, I think there are times when you do want to watch it, right? Because as I say, there's there's other, there's other kinds of communication that aren't aren't verbal that you're going to miss out on if you are um, if you're just listening to the podcast. But yeah, it's one of the reasons No Agenda works so well, though, is because it is you know they're they're not in the same room. They've never been in the same room. I mean, they're very rarely in the same room. But they're not. They never record a podcast in the same room. So there's really not much to be gained by actually watching. You know, if you're if you're going to watch No Agenda, it's it's kind of the same thing. And it's, uh, I, yeah, I think with a lot of these inter, you know, with a lot of these, uh, you know, talking head shows, right? It's you're you, unless unless you're all in the same room, I don't know that there's a lot of benefit to be gained by watching it. Um, right, most most talking head style, two person or even one person solo monologue style shows, you really don't need the video component at all. No, oh, and and uh, uh, Larry or. Um, Larry of that Larry show, and then also uh, Billy Bones, both do a great, like, short, concise, usually about a half hour solo podcast, which is something that I don't think I would be capable of doing. Just talk, like, I, I, I have a lot of respect for people that can just, like, talk by themselves. And you, you, don't, you do that most of the time, right? On yours, Fumboy? Yeah. So I, I haven't been putting out um, podcasts. I mean, I've been doing, I've been doing podcasts for work. And so, uh, um, which is, which, which is totally different. And I, I'm not you know, there, it's, I'm talking to somebody. So, um, but, for, and, and actually the, the most current episodes of phone boy speaks right now are actually, um, interviews with Sir Chris Wilson, uh, which is, right. um, it's a little bit different, but yeah, I mean, I can get on and, and, but I try to keep it short, right. Is but you know, in all the cases, it's like, look, these things are supposed to be, you know, I, cause, because yeah, I listen to a lot of three plus hour podcasts and, and I don't, I know I don't have time to sit there and edit, you know, a long podcast, much less, uh, um, you know, much less, uh, actually put, you know, um, force somebody else to listen to it because I, because yeah, there's a lot, there's just a lot of great podcasts and it, it, it's yeah. At a certain point you kind of go, okay, I don't, I can't listen to that because yeah, it's uh, there's, there's just, there's just too much content there. And yeah, I do like that Larry show and, and, and others and, and that's, and yeah, but I try to keep mine short and, um, I think the longest, actually I did one of the longest ones not too long ago by myself. And I, what I'll do is I'll sit there and I'll record for, you know, a couple of minutes and I'll stop and then I'll, you know, it's, but I try to do it kind of in one take, but it's a, I'm not going to be talking I'm not going to be doing a soliloquy for 20 minutes at a stretch. It's going to be, you know, it comes in, you know, a couple, you know, it comes in, you know, one or two minute burst kind of thing. Right. So. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause there's no way I can just, yeah. Cause there would be too many pauses and that kind of thing. So it's, um, that is a, when I do when I do edit stuff. A lot of that is just to try to edit out the long pauses and that kind of thing. I'm not not, uh, not always trying to edit for content, although sometimes I do that. But 
but the but that's but that's the way yeah that's the way you do it and, and I'm, you know and, and like that larry show is very well produced in the sense that it's a you know that that you know you know larry's really putting you know he's really putting some effort into telling the story and he puts some you know he, he add he layers on some other audio behind it whatever yeah, like some it's ambience so background noise yeah no like uh yeah exactly. like his road trip one you know he sound like he was driving in a car while he was talking for a lot of it i love that stuff but it's it's almost well, like a um like a adult in a version of like a radio lab like an npr the way as far as the production goes it's like um it's very slick and polished Oh yeah, and I think that, and I think you have to, you know, and there's there's something to be said for that, right? And, and there's a, I'm not, you know, and, and there's by the way, there's nothing wrong with those kinds of shows, right? It, it's if you if you know, there there's a time and a place for unless it's NPR, uh, for, then there is something wrong with it. Well, NPR has <laughs> has many issues, and but but yeah. it's it's <laughs> it's it's not. I th I think what I think it's the mil milieu of of NPR, not necessarily that. Okay, there's a, there's a there's a certain. I don't know. There's certain qualities to the sound that aren't—they're not necessarily bad, although because of the content of NPR, sometimes you—you you, know—that's—that's that's what you associate it with. But it's not a—I um, don't think there's anything inherently bad with a—you know—you so, know, focusing, you know, having uh, a podcast that sounds good, right? It, it's, uh, but um, you know, oh, what's no, the message, not. right? So, yeah, it's a—it's the quality of the message, not the—you uh, know—not the. Uh, it, it, but I think there's a certain—I think you, there's a certain balance of quality and message that have to be in there, and if it, you know, so the the audio quality should be decent enough that you can at least understand what's being said, and the message should be clear itself, right? As to what what you're trying to say, and and uh, you know, and, and and yeah, you can be creative with even how you say it, but I think there's a there's so th there's an art and science to all of that, and. And let's face it, some people, you know, they, you know, anybody can have a podcast, and some people shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, Bill Burr has—I was going to say—Bill Burr has one of the best solo podcasts because the way he can just rant for a couple of hours uh, live to tape is pretty impressive, and he's just hilarious. But then I was thinking, actually, Tim Dillon probably has the best solo. I, do, would it count as a solo podcast if his tech guys next to him? laughing at his um, rants well i don't know well you know that's you know where I, okay where i do have a problem with npr and this you know and how it's that they treat it like traditional radio in the sense that they feel like that they have to have all of these people involved right so you know so you, you talk about like the you know the gimlets and the you know the you know kind of the you know the all the spin you know i'd say the different spin-offs from M npr where they have there are lots of people involved in the production of the show, right? Um, and in order to fund that, you've got to have you've got to have sponsors, uh, you know, sponsorship, advertising, call it whatever you want, right? Um, most people can't f basically, you know, basically pay people to do that unless they're unless they're making serious coin or they've managed to scam serious coin out of somebody else to you know to, to fund their crackpot idea or whatever which you know i mean that that does happen too but it, but i think um that that's so you know that and that's part of that milieu right and that's that yeah that's the issue with npr it's like it's not that the sound quality is good it's that they they spend so much on the sound quality that um that it, i think it i think it distorts the message that they could have and you know what's cool about say no agenda or you know these some of these solo podcasts and, and what's cool is that we have all these tools now where people can actually produce something that sounds good and you don't have to spend a lot of money to do it it does it take some time for sure right you have to you know i mean like i'm sitting here um you know with a 
with a you know with a cat audio mic that uh, that somebody gave me from the office at one point and you know went out and bought a, a you know an, an audio interface for it to plug into my mac and, and it sounds pretty good right i mean that's it's you know i mean i'm sure you know i could get something that was even higher quality that you know and spend more money whatever but um I don't need to spend a lot of money and you just plug it into it. You know, you plug it into audacity and hit record or you, you, you plug it into clean feed or whatever you do all of this. Uh, you know, the, the tools that are available, you know, like, you know, the, now are compared, compared to what we had, you know, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago. It's, it's amazing. So if you actually gave a shit, you and you had a little bit of talent, you can actually make something that sounds halfway decent without a ton of work. It's, it's mm-hmm. not. You know, so if you want to, do all of that. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure Larry does all that stuff himself. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine that he's, he's making enough to pay somebody to help him do it. But, um, but that's, but you can do all of this. And, and, and by the way, you can even get, you know, and I could, we're, we're, we're talking about this for the work podcast. So this is why I'm aware of this is that you can get um, that you can outsource, like a, you can have somebody create an intro or an outro or, you know, or, you know, artwork or whatever for next to nothing right it doesn't even it doesn't even yeah so you can out some of the work can actually be outsourced for for reasonable cost if you don't want to do it you don't need to spend the kind of money that npr spends to get that sound i think you can or you can get pretty close to it with just um you know again just just a little bit of effort on your part and that's and by the way i think that's you know where podcasting i think is democratized uh, you know media in, in, a, in a sense is yeah the, the tools have gotten cheaper and better and 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 you know more accessible than they were i mean hell sometimes i record a podcast on my phone i mean and how accessible are mobile phones these days right so you can i think you can actually that it so so if you just spend a little bit of time and a little bit of effort uh and a little bit of money i'm not saying you're gonna get it for free but you can you could you know if you if you just spend a little you can actually up your game quite a bit and it's amazing to me how many first of all how many podcasters don't do that that clearly should i mean and even in the professionals right like i'll listen to um so uh so i so i I, i'm an nfl guy and so one of the podcasts i I listen to a couple of podcasts that are that are related to the to the sports ball team that i like and you know these are and by the way both of you know both of these podcasts theoretically come from nbc right so you know so these are professional you know they, you know obviously professional uh you know network companies right that you think would know something about audio quality right because that's part of their business right they, you know they're broadcasters and so and you listen to these podcasts sometimes and you wonder why don't they spend a little bit of money, you know, you know, go, go give, uh, you know, you know, go give these guys slightly better microphones or something. Or just, it's like, does somebody not listen to this and go, this sounds like dog shit. Can we, <laughs> can we do something to improve the quality of the audio a little bit? Cause you can tell. It's not even like, podcasts all the way though. It's also like the Colbert report and Tucker on Fox news. I think Noah agenda pointed out Tucker and they're a bunch, like a bunch of these like big budget, you know, primetime TV shows. It's like you can't turn a noise gate on. <laughs> like it's the background noise and then the hums well, or, or, and stuff on some of those are crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a noise gate here, but I've also got a kind of microphone that doesn't tend to pick up like every little thing that happens. Um, right. You know, with, with it within a, you know, so it, it's, um, I think that, and I'd like to, I'd actually like to get a slightly better microphone for that, but it, but, you know, I think, I've, I think I've only had a couple of instances where maybe my daughter was in the next room 
uh, practicing her French horn and you could actually hear when I wasn't speaking, you could actually hear her, um, you could actually hear the French horn. Um, but I was able to mute that out when I was editing, when I was editing the audio, so it wasn't a big deal, but, um, but I can also, I can also pop my microphone up and down and stuff, you know, so I've, I've, you know, I mean this, this audio interface cost 150 bucks, right. And the microphone itself, I think I priced it on Amazon. If I were to buy a similar one new, it'd be around a hundred bucks. The mic stand is, uh, you know, it, it's, um, you know, all of these things are, uh, you know, all of these things are, uh, you, know, you know, they're not that expensive. It's a couple hundred bucks and it's not that complicated to set up. But I think, you know, the other thing that comes up, I think with, with, uh, you know, with more established media properties is, is, uh, there's these things called union rules, right? It, is that it's like, okay, for some reason, it's like, if you start touching those things too much, then, then you start violating union rules. But, uh, but yeah, you're not supposed to be going anywhere. You're not supposed to be going out to the people's houses and stuff because of COVID-19. Right. So, uh, you know, so it, it's, so I, th again, they could, it just boggles my mind that, somebody somewhere doesn't go, Hey, you realize I could just give you a kit for 500 bucks, right. Or, you know, get one of these zoom recorders or something. Cause you know, you can go buy a kit on Amazon for you know, 400 bucks or something and, and have a, you know, high quality audio recorder that just, that just records to, you know, an SD card or something. And, and yeah. then you, uh, mm -hmm. and, and then you can upload it. It's uh, so there's um, a lot so, of those software I'm using is freeware too. So it's like you could spend, you know, a bunch of money on, you know, some Adobe, software uh i'm using audacity free uh voice meter free although i did uh do the donation to get like the extra digital input so it's like oh yeah a lot of this stuff is totally free oh yeah software i know we're talking about yeah yeah i was saying, I was saying what we're talking about is really just half of the problem uh, if we're talking about problems with like you know corporate podcasting networks and and, and things like that you know corporate content production it's that, you know, they'll spend a minimal amount on their tech just to save on cost. And also it's, it's got a corporation behind it. There's not, you know, generally it's not the, an individual saying, I have a passion, I have an idea and I want to create something and put this out there and make this a quality, um, experience for the viewer, for the consumer. You know, it's somebody goes, Oh, I got a job with this corporation where we're supposed to be making stuff. Uh, we have this one formula like this. Says you're listening to NPR, and that that we figured out that that kind of works. So we're just gonna you know rework that in as many ways as possible. So you know part of it is the technological side and the investment, but then the other half of it is the inspiration and the individuals. You know, I mean, some of the best podcasts in the world are you know by people like Adam and John, people who just you know ha had an idea and they want to put this out there and they do it on their own. You know. Yeah, um, and, I don't and, know that you're and, ever going to be know, able to recreate that quality with a corporation. Well, well, exactly, and it, it's and all you know, and, you know, Adam is a you know, I mean, he's a DJ, right? So he, so he, so he gives a crap about audio quality, and so you know, so a lot of that stuff, yeah. So and over the years, have you listened to some of the old No Agenda episodes? Because I've so I think the first episode I listened to was episode sixty six, which gives you an idea of how long I've been listening to No Agenda. But um, there you go. It's um, it, it, and yeah, the, and the the audio quality of the show has changed over the years, and you know, and, you know, Adam's always tried to improve it. And so you know, that's why you know he spent a you know he spent a lot of time and energy on how do I improve the get the audio quality up in such a way that when I uh, that when I put it out on the you know. When 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 it's out, we actually get um, you know a quality product that's that's uh, that's listenable and yeah and it's and I think if you if you're doing all of that yourself, you're certainly much more aware of it. If you're you know if you're one of these guys that works for a network, 
you probably you know you probably just hit the record button and send it you know and send it off to somebody else and don't ever listen to it again um whereas you know i'll sit and you know when i when i record a podcast and, and I, I i don't i don't i doubt you guys will do this with the um you know with with this or you you might do it for a little bit just to make sure that the that it sounds decent but i mean like when i'll, I'll get an audio or i'll get a um you know we'll get a recording from the people i i, I i'll record with and you know and i'll listen to it right and i and i go through it and kind of because there are certain things i do take out because um you know sometimes you get interrupted or sometimes it's yeah i probably should i probably shouldn't put that out there because especially when you're doing corporate stuff you kind of have to you have to be a little more mindful of the content so um so i yeah. so yeah so i listen to it so i'm i'm forced to listen to it and there are times when i will let it like some of my own verbal ticks out if i spend 10 seconds trying to go um uh or uh um I might add a little bit of that out, but there's other times I don't do that. And, or, or sometimes when, yeah, there's a, you know, if I've got multiple tracks, I'll mute the part of the track where I can hear the other person like hitting their microphone or something while I'm speaking. Um, so, you know, I'll do a yeah. little things like that just to improve the, the overall audio quality. But, um, but at the same time, I think I'm, uh, you know, it's, that's, but I, but I know the quality of the product I'm putting out. Um, and so, and yeah, cause I you're not delegating be, responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I'm not delegating the responsibility to anybody. I'm the one who, you know, I, I'm the one who put, who uploads it to SoundCloud and, and schedules, schedules the release of the podcast and everything. And so, so yeah, I think, and, and, and yeah, and I think in these big, you know, these bigger broadcast environments, they don't do that. And, and I don't know, I'm, I'm not even sure if the people, the, the people that are, recording the you know the you know their you know the recording their whatever their conversation is or whatever um i'm not sure that they're listening to it and i'm not sure that but i'm you know but i'm what what surprises me is that nobody in these organizations is listening to this and going this sounds like shit can't we do something to improve this you know i mean somebody's somebody somewhere has got to have some pride in the in the quality of the work that's being put out and do something about it and yeah it's happening at all levels right it's you know so yeah you got you know you got your um you know your yeah your kimmels and your and your corbert and your corbert's and your all these other people that are that are doing these shows from home and it's not like this anybody does anybody not see this being a problem because I, I don't know about you guys but i i'm on if i'm on a zoom call for a few, you know, and I mean, I and I do, and I do Zoom calls all the time these days. But after a while, I just get exhausted because, you know, I mean, as great a great quality as Zoom is, by the way. I mean, compared to some of the other solutions, I think Zoom's a pretty, um, pretty good. Um, and I listen, and I and I pull, and I I basically, you know, some of the podcasts that I put out, I actually do it based off the Zoom recording because the Zoom recording is, um, good enough, right? It's not a, it's not perfect, but it's a for for some of the stuff that I do that actually that that's the only way I can get the audio. So I've never um, once so used I'll, Zoom. It's weird to yeah, say, but Zoom is everybody yeah, uses. I mean. Yeah. So comparatively speaking, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, you know, compared to the alternatives, it's pretty good. Is it perfect? No, by, by, by no stretch of the imagination, it's perfect. But, um, but what, what it just amazes, but, uh, you know, but I don't, but I almost never use that recording because yeah, I want, I want the separation of tracks and everything. And, and but it's, uh, but again, I think it's a, uh, but I, but again, somebody's got to listen to this and go, this sounds like shit. And, but, but I also get exhausted by, just being i don't know there's something you know there, I, I it's a it's a different kind of experience you know i don't know mentally i guess Sp somebody somebody time, just need uh, yeah. yes it is it does seem like nobody on the corporate level just because there's a diffusion of responsibility too and you have that many people working on the same 
thing. It's like nobody yeah, exactly. really gives a shit about it enough to like be the one to have to deal with it. Um, well, exactly. And, and it's like, it just, I don't know. I mean, that's, and I think that might be part of the problem with, the, with all of this is, is yeah, that, that, you know, as in, and actually, you know, I've, I've seen this concept of, you know, actually, I think they're, you know, this part, you know, I don't know if you've heard the term great reset, which seems to be happening. I, I, I don't know if this was intentional or not as part, you know, assuming, assuming this is some part of some, you know, crackpot scheme by the, by the, uh, you know, by the new world order or whatever, you know, or, or George Soros or whatever name you want to put to it. Um, but it seems like that one of the you know one of the casualties of all of these lockdowns and everything i mean you, you know i mean yeah let's you know let's well okay we'll ignore the fact that a bunch of people have lost their jobs and committed suicide because they can't feed their families and you know yeah those deaths won't get counted but we we care that two hundred thousand people died of covid19 whereas we don't care that you know maybe you know a lot more than that may have committed suicide <laughs> you know because they because they can't make they can't they can't feed their family can't make ends meet they've lost they've they've lost everything they worked for because the government basically said you can't operate because uh you know because of this uh because of this disease um yeah i think it's uh yeah but i think i think hollywood's getting you know i mean hollywood's taking it in the shorts here because i mean other than these you know i don't know these random sort of you know i don't know the basically just zoom calls that are now being broadcast as entertainment now um i mean what what major you know and, and now you know i guess sports is kind of a thing you know i don't know the nfl I think the NFL timed it had had it very well timed because they just because right around the time everything locked down of COVID nineteen the football season was over so there was nothing going on for the NFL so they kind of they got in terms of timing they they timed it just right and they could kind of wait until everything you know sort of came back up before they decided to come back on and you know the, the NFL seems to have you know I don't I think their ratings are down and part of that's probably because all their social justice crap that they're doing. Um, but, yeah, and it's just uh, weird to see empty stadiums yeah. with fake crowd noise being oh yeah, that, the speakers. That's, oh, it's like, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. So and it's weird. Yeah, so you're so like I'm you know, and I actually um, so I so I'm a I'm a 49ers fan, even though I live in Seattle. Which yeah, that that, that creates all kinds of problems you might imagine, <laughs> uh, especially since they're in the same division and yeah, and, and they've been they've been kind of uh, at each other's throats for the you know the last. Uh, um well yeah i mean they've been serious rivals for maybe the last 10 years or something so um so anyway it, it but it's uh but yeah i think it's it, there is, it is weird to um you know and I'll, I'll i actually listen to the games because i don't really because first of all i think the tv announcers can or you know suck uh, for the most part. Second of second of all, um, I, the games aren't always on TV up here because of because yeah they're they're out of market basically. So, um, and there's ways to there's ways to listen to the game. Um, but uh, but but uh, but uh, yeah, when you listen to the game, it's actually it's really weird. So the rate so the radio broadcasters um, aren't traveling with the teams this year. And so they're actually watching the game. So, so they're actually so the the, the guys for the 49ers are sitting in are sitting in Levi Stadium, right? Which is where the 49ers play in Santa Clara. Yeah, yeah. The San Francisco team plays in Santa Clara. That makes no sense at all. But you know, <laughs> I guess I guess it makes them. I guess it makes as much sense as the New York Jets and the New York Giants playing in East Rutherford, New Jersey, right? <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, that's a whole that whole different discussion but 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 yeah so they're so they're watching you know they might have access to the all 22 feeds or whatever but they're, they're not in the stadium so they can't see it and they're you know so they're trying to call the game from a you know basically from you know three thousand miles away or however you know however far it is um oh my god which and so it's totally I, didn't realize, I haven't and, i've only watched one game this season i didn't even realize that was what was going on 
Well, no, but that's well, okay, that, what's happening on the radio side. Now, on TV, I think people are actually in the stadiums or whatever. No, that, oh, okay. That was actually was, a weird okay. thing. Yeah. Yeah, but I this is you. the radio guys. So the because they because the NFL basically limited the number of people that can travel with the team um, because of because co- of COVID nineteen or whatever. But um, so it's they they yeah the yeah the I think they've gotten they haven't had I I thought I heard something about the team about uh, they've managed to not have any uh, COVID outbreaks. Although I thought I just heard something about Tennessee maybe having a, an issue with it. Um, which, uh, which I think is the first time they've had an issue with it, but uh, the Titans, uh, or, you know, yeah, the Titans, yeah. Uh, huh. You should, yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I was, I was listening to one of the, one of the, um, listening to one of the sports podcasts today, and that was a, and and it, I, I heard a brief mention about it, but I didn't look into it yet. But, um, but that, I don't. But, I, but, uh, is yeah. there any? Is there any single example of like a in their prime healthy athlete dying of COVID? Anywhere in the whole Not world. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. Well, it's okay. So, all right. This so so now this gets into a, a rabbit hole of something I might know a little bit about. But um, so I think let's just so 88 percent of people have some form of metabolic dysfunction uh, because of diet or whatever right so um and and so there's so there's really only about 12 percent of the population that would be considered very healthy you can be fairly athletic and still have metabolic dysfunction right so um and um you know yeah i think that's a, that's another thing right first of all okay so the first of all all the football players are like in their 20s and you know l- unless you're tom brady right you're you know you're not in your 40s but you know tom brady takes it, the only reason that tom brady and drew Brees are still slinging it is they take care of, you know, Tom Brady takes really good care of his bodies. I'm not sure about Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees is starting to fall off a cliff based on the, based on the last few games that, that, that the saints have played. But, um, but, but anyways, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't know that the, I, the people that they claim that were healthy and died, you know, that were, you know, that, that, that they've died of COVID-19 has been few and far between the people that, you know, a lot of the people that are dying of COVID-19 or, you know, people that are, you know, elderly have other conditions, and, you know, whether it was COVID-19 that killed them or if it just pushed them over the edge, it's hard to say, right? We can, we can, you know, did they die with COVID-19 or of COVID-19? And that's a whole different, you know, that, so um, I would say probably not, right? But they, the NFL has done, has, has done a lot to, um, to, to really try and limit the spread of it. And so, you know, everybody gets tested like a couple, you know, it's like, you know, like every day or every other day or something like that. Um, they have, they've adjusted the protocol so that, you know, people can, you know, if, if somebody gets a positive test or something, then, then they go on, they, have, they basically go on like a COVID-19 list or something and they can't, they can't be in the facility and they have to get, you know, they have to have negative tests, um, you know, <coughs> in order to come back in or whatever. And so they, they don't, uh, so a few that's happened to a few players. And by the way, a few players did opt out this season because of and they, they gave, they gave the, you know, they gave the players all a chance to say, Hey, if you don't want to participate this year because of COVID-19 uh, you know, we'll, we'll give you a stipend and you can opt out. Right. So we're not going to pay you the, you know, your entire contract, but we'll pay you, you know, we'll, we'll give you something to, so that. Um, is that is, way, is the Goodell bot still the commissioner? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, <laughs> and um yeah, that is anyway. The, there's, 
Yeah, and every, of course, you know, the, yeah, watching all the teams kind of jump all over themselves about Black Lives Matter and, you know, and, and, and the political statements of the day. And, I, I, you know, it's kind of funny because as a 49ers fan, I've been kind of I've been I've been paying attention to a lot of their, uh, you know, I got exposed to this stuff very early because, of course, Colin Kaepernick was the quarterback, at, you know, and, you know, he started, you know, he started, uh, you know, he sat for the national anthem and then he changed that to kneeling. Um, yeah. yeah. So so I've been kind of hearing about all this stuff. And, you know, the, and the, the Niners organization has been fairly supportive of people of of uh, players, um, you know, speaking out for their own causes or whatever. They haven't been, you know, I, I think they've been fairly progressive in terms of that. They haven't, you know, they've, yeah, they've probably taken it, you know, the, yeah, they, I think they've, I think they've got some Black Lives Matter stuff in the stadium or whatever, but it's a, uh, um, but I think, it, yeah, but I, yeah, the, the NFL has been, um, they've been fairly conservative in terms of, okay, we're going to, yeah, they've spent a lot of money on the testing and, and, you know, and they've had to, you know, they've had to space out their, you know, their workouts and that kind of thing to, to, you know, so that everybody is uh, keeping, you know, keeping apart as much as possible. And they've, they're even finding coaches for not wearing masks, <laughs> which, <laughs> it, it, on the, which is, which is how, how's funny. the, uh, how's the Washington football team doing? <laughs> Uh, well, that's they the other Washington. Game and, um, I think they have actually. Um, but I think they, well, the, I think the, well, I don't know. So they're, they're in the NFC East and I think the NFC East has been pretty, pretty uniformly horrible this year, but. Um, just so funny that they, they like yeah. couldn't come up with a name. So they just were like, uh, we'll call it the football team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, it, it's yeah. So I know it's seen you've know, seen them with their W and whatever, and it's I know I I because I because I was kind of waiting for an announcement about okay they've got to pick a mascot or something right, and they didn't pick a mascot they just called the Washington Football Team. I'm like okay <laughs> well like whatever. And the Chiefs you know. are going to be I the think, next to go, I guess. Well, the problem is, is I think so. The Chiefs, I think that's actually so they're I, I think that's not going to I think the Chiefs are. They're actually. I think that that name actually has a basis. It's not like a racial name necessarily. It's based on somebody's. It's based on based on some actual person or something. So I don't think that's going to mm. change. But who knows? But who knows? I mean, you know, it's like anything's. It's nothing's like, off the table at this point. It seems like. Well, nothing's off the table, and I, there's. A, I think there's a certain point of if everything's offensive, then nothing's offensive. That's kind of my right. my th- thought process. Yeah. And so. As more and more things get offensive, then it's like, okay, well, what's what's your what's your you know, so it's what's your thing is uh, you know, I think I think the Redskins have been you know, I mean the the, the real problem with the, with with you know the Washington football team isn't necessarily that what you know what their mascot was, it was uh, it, it's the fact that they're you know that their ownership's an asshole, right? You know, the, the guy the guy's an idiot and and can't get out of you know can't get out of his own way and that that was just one thing to kind of needle them about it wasn't the you know it wasn't their only problem right it's like they've been you know yeah it, it's it's been a um you know it's been a challenging organization to work for and i kind of feel um you know i mean hopefully they're turning around a little bit you know in terms of just in terms of uh the, the culture problems that they have i mean they did uh you know, I mean, you know, it's, so, you know, Ron Rivera is a, a, you know, pretty good coach. So, um, so I don't think he would have gone there if he, if he felt like that the organization was a, was a, was a shit show, but, um, you know, so they South Park did a corner there, but it's. Did a whole episode like five years ago about the Redskins and it's like the trademark got pulled. So they just like named their company, the Washington Redskins. They always answer the phone like Washington yeah. Redskins, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Here's the yeah, I, saw, I saw that episode. We care about two things: titties and balls. And it's like they just take the actual Reds, Redskins logo and draw like a boner and titties on it. 
So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's South Park. Uh, it's uh, like I, I, the Redskins become like more hated in American polls uh, than ISIS or whatever. Oh, that's just, that's just funny. Go Redskins. Um, yeah, we just did uh, we just did two dang hours. Flew by. I didn't even realize. Um, well, you know. I, I don't know how long your podcasts are because it's uh, sometimes an hour if it's a topic. I mean, all over the we've, place. We've gone, yeah, we've gone four hours and beyond on certain things, but usually, usually we try to keep it under two hours because I feel like that's that's enough of that's that's just enough with everybody else's podcast that everybody else has to hear besides ours, like you were saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can't go too and, and also yeah, there's a reason I try to prairie keep dog in like a turd minutes. right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hey, when you when you do you uh, when you go to the No Agenda meetups in Seattle, do you see like uh, you ever run into Sir Bimrose or Billy Bones or I don't know who else is out so, that way? Okay, so the, so the only the only No Agenda meetup I've been to has been in Israel. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. When was so, that? I remember hearing about that one. Uh, so um, this is a, probably a year and a half ago or something. Um, so I've actually so I've actually had um, so I've had so I've so I there I met. Um, so, so I met Sir Brian of London. Uh, I also had lunch with him separately one time. One of my other times I've been to Israel. So, um, so I know him. So uh, Guy Boazzi, who was actually, um, who I think he, he, I think he was just on the birthday list. Um, I met him when at that meetup, and I think it was, but um, I think uh, Sir Jono, I think, was also there. But um, well, was he there? I can't remember. I don't know. Anyway, but it was. Um, so yeah, we went and. Uh, but that was a cool. Um, so that that's the only meetup I've been to. Uh, yeah, usually when the meetups have happened around here, I haven't um, gone to any. I haven't gone to any of the local ones because, um, yeah, just not just usually because they happened at time. Because because honestly, I'm pretty far from Seattle proper, and these days, who the fuck wants to go to Seattle? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I plus, mean, that's just, that's just, I, aren't they be the aren't they uh, pretty strict about how many people you can have in a building and all that still? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, bars you got and all, all that, that shit going on too. Well, yeah, exactly. It's um, it it is what it is, but it's uh, um, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, so that I think there, yeah, there's that going on, and uh, thankfully I don't have to. Um, yeah, I, I, even just I, I don't. I, God, I'm trying to remember the last time I went out to eat around here that that wasn't like just picking doing takeout. I mean, I don't even do takeout very much, but it's it's just yeah, going anywhere at this point. It's uh, it, it, I don't even. It's like I I don't even want to go outside and be around people right now because everybody's everybody's losing their mind about masks and social distancing yeah. and everything. It's I mean I. Yeah. So everything's so back I, open okay. here in Tennessee, but once in a while you'll run into some asshole that's wanting to give you shit for not having a mask on, even though you're outside. Oh, so that's okay. Rare. So, I, so great. So, so great story. Um, so a few weeks. So some weeks ago, I was. Um, so I go. So I go out for a run a couple times a day, right? And so I, I put a. Um, I, I mean, I joke that my my only forms of entertainment are go for a run and go have a drink. And those are kind of, and I mean, and that's not too far from the truth as to what my options are. So, um, so the so so I so I'll, I go out for a run usually just around the neighborhood. So I don't, and most of the people around the neighborhood aren't wearing a mask. You know, screw that. But um, so I was uh, I was running near um, the other the other day. I was running near uh, city city hall, and there's a there's a trail that runs up and down uh, Gig Harbor. Um, and it's, it's a, I don't, you know, you can, it's, this is a fairly long trail. It goes, you know, I mean, it's like it goes the length of the town and, and, you know, and it's, and, and it's very hilly or whatever, but there's parts. And so there, I, 
I, I find myself on parts of it from time to time as I do some of my running. And so I was running by City Hall and there was a guy that was in that had, um, I, I don't know, they, it was, he was walking with sticks or whatever. And I don't it was, it was and and he was wearing a mask. And unfortunately, I couldn't have I really couldn't like run around this guy unfortunately just because the way that the way the trail was and, and he kind of he kind he tried to stop me like you're not wearing a mask i'm like well i'm not hanging around you dude go away and <laughs> and it's and that's the thing it's like i was and, and then you know so i just and i because i'll you know I'll, I'll i i make a even before COVID 19 it's not like i wanted to i want to like run real close to people or whatever i kind of i keep my distance from everybody um and there was a, and actually I had a time where I think on that same run where I was, where I was down, down near the Harbor. And, um, and unfortunately I was, in a, and I was in a part of, uh, you know, and I was, and, you know, I was jogging along in the sidewalk or whatever. And unfortunately it was like, okay, well I can see somebody coming ahead of me. And then I went and I went around the cars or whatever. And I could see that there was like a gaggle of bikes coming. And so I'm like, okay, well I'm going to, so I can't really, and there was cars coming. So I was, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to like, walk around this um you know i'm gonna I, i'm not gonna be able to avoid this person right I mean, so I'm, and the person like completely just like you know i don't know they like jumped out you know they jumped over you know i don't know what they did but they, they, they somehow just like got out i mean people are just so freaked out about other people you know these days right it's it's just kind of blew me away that this is this is what the world has come to right that we're all afraid of each other um we're all you know we're all having to put you know we're required in you know in public in public uh if we go into you know public buildings or whatever to to wear a face diaper and and you know by the way if you however you feel about masks right uh, you know whether you think they work or not if you wear one make sure you wash it on a like on a you know like you, it's like a diaper replace it frequently and often for the same reason so because those things you know those things uh you know catch germs or whatever and so yeah when i'm jogging yeah fuck that i'm not wearing a mask right there's but if i go to costco or something yeah I'll, I'll endure wearing a mask for a little bit of time the longest i've had to wear a mask was when i sat in the car dealer waiting for my car to be fixed which you know that took like three hours so um that's a, oh you know, yeah that, so that well would, if you're if you're working in the food industry like i was uh, especially during the height of covid you know i'd be wearing a mask for 10 straight hours that was you start getting a headache after a while if it's like a mask that actually works i feel like because it's like you can't be getting oh, yeah. the right amount of oxygen flow that sucks yeah and, yeah and i think yeah i think that and that's what people don't you know so i i can you know even if you think that masks work right which is you know again i'm i'm, I'm I, I debate that what harm is the mask doing you and I don't think anybody's answering that question, right? It's like, is, is it more important to protect yourself or is it more important to protect other people? Um, well, I do both by just avoiding all you people because screw <laughs> you, like, I don't want to be, because clearly you've all lost your mind. I don't want to be around you for just for my own sanity and everything. That's, you know, that's how I protect, I protect myself first, right? That's, a, you know, it's, a, you know, it's, a, that's, that's the reason people, you know, people have, you know, if you're if you're not uh, self, you know, if you're not uh, putting prioritizing your own safety over somebody else's, then you know you're probably fooling yourself, right? I think I think everybody has to be, you know, you 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 can uh, you know it's yes, it's nice if we look out for each other, but the reality is if you don't look, you know, if you don't look out for yourself, how can you expect anybody else to? So, um, and I think True. the masks actually do, you know, I think the masks uh, might do more harm to yourself than they than they uh, protect other people. So. Um, so I just minimize the amount of times I have to, the, the amount of time I have to wear one and I, you know, and avoid, you know, so I just avoid all the situations where the, where it's required to wear them and, and, uh, yeah, I've stopped and, shopping and at places them. that make you, that make you wear yeah. 
but uh, yeah, it's pretty much it's pretty much required around here. I mean, even the play even before so like Costco before uh, even before there was a state mandate to do it. Which by the way, the state mandates were much later than they should have been if they were if they they thought that they were going to do anything. Um, but yeah, there's some places that have required it before, and I'm like, okay, it's again, I mean, you know, it's. I, I wear the mask not because I think it's going to do any good, but because I just want to get in and out and not have a conversation with anybody about it. And I'll, I I'll, think I'll, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I'm on, and, I'm on the phone boy ringtone list at phoneboy.com. That's, that's right. You know, I, and yeah. people, you know, people wondered like, why don't you have X or Y? Well, you know, the reality is, is that I have to, if I, unless I, unless I get it right when I hear it on the show, it's you know the going back and trying to find it later. Good luck. I mean, people do send me get stuff. Out of I mean, my I get vagina. <laughs> there's That's some good. Right. There's yeah. some good ones on here that I forgot about. I haven't been on here in a while. Look, it, uh, I see you added some new ones too. Yeah, phoneboy.com. Phoneboy.com. You can find Phoneboy Speaks. That's yeah. You can find that on there too. Um, yeah, I've also got uh, there's some. I've put some of the older episodes into an RSS feed. So there's also the No Agenda Wayback Machine, is what I call it. Um, so okay, if you want to go back to some very early No Agenda episodes, it's. Uh, um, I, I had no. Yeah, I had I, no idea you've been doing the show so long. So you've got twelve, twelve hundred and eighty nine episodes. That's uh. Well, I, I started doing the show in 2012. I and I've I've stopped and started the show um, as I get you know as I have time or what or, or interest or whatever. I mean, I was it was funny because during the during you know when when all this when all this lockdown stuff started happening, I'm like, yeah, what am I going to talk about? Like, I don't really want to talk about COVID. You know, I don't really want to talk about being locked down. And you know, there's only so there's only so many times I can talk about my diet or running or whatever that that I'm that I'm into, and it's. Uh, um, yeah, and I've actually, you know, and again, I think I've, I've really tried as my, um, I figured the one thing I can do to, you know, that I can do to protect myself against, uh, things like COVID-19 is to ensure that I'm healthy. Right. And so that's, it's, I've really, you know, I, I you know, pe people have put on a lot of weight during this, during this whole thing, because, well, literally what can you do? Right. Um, because they've, because they've taken away all the forms of entertainment. It's depressing when you turn it on the news. And so, and people use uh, food as a, you know, as a drug. And so that, you know, people have, you know, and, and, and by the way, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, the gyms are closed, but yeah, you can go get fast food. Like, you know, what the yeah. hell's up with that? You know? Oh, no, I loved it. Uh, when even Tennessee, uh, they shut down restaurants to carry out only. Um, yeah. It's just so stupid. It's like, okay, so I, my restaurant that I was working at, it's shut down. Like, because it's, you know, a locally owned restaurant. But Taco Bell, that's fine. They can stay open. It's so stupid. But yeah, um, yeah, and I think what's the, yeah, that's and that's yeah, it's it's like yeah, you can yeah, you can go get an abortion, you can go get alcohol, you can go get yeah, uh, yeah alcohol but, is an essential business, man. Yeah, but you can't go to church. Like this yeah. is you know this is the time where you'd probably want to be able to go to and this, yeah. So I so there are several churches near my house, and, and one of them's got this huge parking lot, and I, and. and God bless them. I, I love the fact that they've got this wide open parking lot. It's great for running in most of the time. Amen. Fist bump. Uh, and, and, you know, don't, you know, just don't go on Sunday. Right. Because of course, you know, but, but that was the weirdest thing for, for, for weeks on end that on Sunday you'd run through this parking lot and there'd be nobody. It's like the parking lot would be completely empty. Such a gigantic church. I mean, the fact that you know it's a big enough church that you know the school doesn't even have a big enough, the high school doesn't even have a big enough auditorium, and so they use the church sometimes for some of their concerts, some of the band concerts and stuff. Um, that because they, there's just not a, they just don't have the room or whatever, and so that. But uh, and in fact, one of the last band concerts we attended 
before they before they shut everything down was at the uh, um yeah it was at the it was at this church and so um you know not that i'm religious i don't i don't go to the church for you know for you know, but I, I but i've been there several times and so it's a it's it's a nice church and it's uh but uh yeah the reality is that nobody um yeah that it's just, it's just weird up until fairly recently this this church parking lot has been almost completely empty and uh and it's and to me there just seems something wrong about that i'm like okay it's okay to go to costco it's okay to go to the grocery store it's okay to it's okay to go get an abortion it's okay to to do all these things but yet you can't go to church something is yeah. wrong with that well um, violation of rights yeah it's um that's that's a huge problem and definitely um a globalist move to uh, <clears throat> see what they can get away with. <laughs> I was putting up with. Um, let's wrap this bitch up. This was a great hang. Thanks, Phone yeah, Boy. We'd love to have you back again. And uh, everybody, phoneboy.com for the Phone Boy blog, his podcast, and some no agenda ringtones like this. Adios, mofo. Like stuff. that. Yes. All right, man. Nice to meet right. you, man. In the morning. In the morning. In the morning. And uh, we'll, we'll do it again soon. Thanks again, buddy. Okay. Take yeah. it easy. If you look at the world and look at the problems, it's usually old people, usually old men, not getting out of the way. <laughs> Senator Sanders, you are the oldest candidate on stage this and evening. And I'm white as well. Vice President Biden, I'm going to guess that uh, President Obama did not clear that remark through your campaign ahead of time. And I'm going to guess he wasn't talking about me either. Old man debating tonight on the no malarkey tour. Old man so old and so white says Trump's a big fat loser. If elected, you would turn 82 at the end of your first term. You'd be the oldest president in American history. Are like you Winston willing? Churchill. Are you willing to commit American history? American history. Yes. Are, are you? I was with, joking. That was a oh, joke. Okay. Politico doesn't have much of a sense of humor. Old man under the knife. He's still alive, but probably shouldn't drive. They took the top of his head off twice and makes it hard to talk. What do I do? Heart attack, but now he's back yelling louder than ever about the income gap. At least his son doesn't smoke crack, but there's still a lot to mock. My good friend Joe, and he is a good friend, he's received contributions from 44 billionaires. Hey, put your hand out for a second, Bernie, okay? Just waving to you, Joe. I know, I know. Say hello. I know. Old man running for president, you're an old white Jew. We need some much younger, and they should be black too. And it'd be even better if they had a vagina. Everybody. Send your smoke signals up. We gotta vote for Pocahontas. Senator Warren, you would be the oldest president ever inaugurated. I'd like you to weigh in as well. Uh, I'd also be the youngest woman ever inaugurated. <laughs>